up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is the Friday night edition of the show. Normally, we don't announce what night it is except when it's Saturdays, but I felt like announcing it tonight because we're in a special place. We're doing things a little bit differently this weekend. We're broadcasting live from the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, and it has, as predicted... Uh, turned out to be a stellar event that is only about half over at this point. There's a lot to go here. In fact, we're going to tell you more about what's coming up, uh, what has uh, transpired, and we'll get to all of that here over the next th- three hours. And, of course, take your calls as well because it's still Free Talk Live, and you can still call in and talk about anything. The toll-free number, again, brought to you by SACL CAI is 1-800-259-9231. And so, as usual, when we're doing the Liberty Forum uh, broadcast, we will have various different people sitting in on our third microphone tonight. So uh, this evening you're going to hear special guests who perhaps were speaking today at the forum. I know that I think uh, Dr. Mary Ruart will be joining us hopefully at some point tonight. I'm looking forward to it. She is actually uh, in the process of be about to uh, commence in her keynote speech here in moments, which we unfortunately will not be able to experience because we have to do our radio show. The nature of the business. But that's okay because she's coming, probably going to be coming here later, and who knows who else will be able to drag in through the doors. I know Glenn Jacobs was speaking earlier today, so hopefully we'll be able to pull him in here at some point. Uh, of course... Sometimes the third mic might be sitting open. Our listeners will be uh, milling in and about and hanging around, and so they're certainly invited to sit in on the program just as though they might pick up the phone and call in. Uh, so uh, the number again, 800-259-9231. We're going to jump right in here because we've got a special guest sitting with us. His name is Michael Manna, and he's the host of his own podcast, The T4 Show. Am I correct, correct about that? What's correct. the website for that, Michael? Uh, it's actually t4show.com, and it uh, stands for Tech Today, Tech Tomorrow, and it's Basically, anything in technology, podcast, YouTube channel, blog, and just pretty much have a, have a great time doing it. So. T4show.com. Yes. Now, so whatever interests you, is that's what you talk about. Talk about how often do you do it? Uh, you know what's funny is I update the videos every day, mm-hmm. just about every day. With uh, They're usually the standard I try to do for each YouTube video, whether it's a review video, a tutorial, a tip, maybe answer a question that someone called in or read or, or emailed to me, I should say. And uh, pretty much give it, keep it under five minutes. Keep it, yeah. you know, for all the people out there with ADD. So mm-hmm. it's real short and sweet. I'm amazed that anybody listens to this show. Two <laughs> hours, two hours every <laughs> single night. They love it, but they do. Well, that just proves how good it is, and that oh, proves thanks. how bad I am that I got to keep it under five minutes. You probably have a lot more <laughs> listeners than we do, though. I mean, there are some of the tech shows out there. I know they're just tremendously popular. And, if, of course, if you keep things shorter, more people are going to listen. So you probably have a lar- much larger cume. Is that, would that be the right word, That's Mark? the right word. Total yeah, number of listeners. Yes. Well, you know what's funny about the, the people that listen and the people that uh, subscribe to the videos? I, they really drive what it is because when I get an email or someone calls into my hotline or, or asks for a tip or tutorial or says, I want to buy this, what's it like? Mm-hmm. I go out and get it, bring it back home, and do a video on it. So really the viewers and the listeners of the podcast really drive the T4 show and the content and the material because it makes it easy for me because I know what they want to see. I know what they want to hear about. And, you know, same thing with Free Talk Live. It's about anything. So people call in. Do the tech companies give you a, a discount for all the stuff you buy? Well, I work with certain companies, but uh, Best Buy and Costco have pretty good return policies. Ah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> hey, look. Well, maybe not retail. anymore. Maybe that's over. So, so, but you're not just a, a talk show host. You're not just a podcast host. You're also a, uh, a wrestler by trade. Correct. And you've been in the the big. Uh, what, how would you define your wrestling career? I mean, what can you say to people? About uh, that? Injury ridden. 
<laughs> no, I've been wrestling for over 19 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, that will get to why I'm actually here, because one of my colleagues is here sure, speaking Glenn. today, Glenn. Uh, I wrestled for WWE for nine years, from mm -hmm. 1999 to 2008. What was your stage name? Stevie Richards. Okay. I kept Stevie Richards throughout my whole 19-year career. I'm very blessed that way. Or cursed. So you're still using that name today then? <laughs> Correct. I, I wrestle for TNA Wrestling. It's on Spike TV every Thursday night at 9 p.m. I wrestle for them now, and I wrestle across the uh, world pretty much doing independence, you know, whenever I want. So that's it's a good life. Awesome. So the independents uh, like, get picked up by whatever federation out, out there? Independents are kind of what you saw in The Wrestler, the movie The Wrestler. It's pretty much independent bookings, what we call live events or spot shows that mm -hmm. aren't on TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, you pretty much do them on weekends. Uh, I have jobs, and I had a job with Phone Fusion, which is a unified communications company mm -hmm. that I did along with T4 Show. And, uh, you know, I do computer work. I, I love working. I work any time I have free time. I, I get try so to bored if I'm not working. I run out of things to do. Exactly. I try to be as, as much of an entrepreneur and as, as much of a work ethic that WWE and in the past with my wrestling career instilled in me, and I'm carrying that over into my next stage of my life. Yeah, well, the, you're, the performers on WWE just work their butts off. They really do. They, absolutely. But you guys, they, you were mentioning their money's me, worth it to, you guys. Uh, to me earlier in a conversation that you like to uh, you like to play video games. Is that one of your a favorite bit. hobbies? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I play video games just about every day. I play wow. Xbox Live, and uh, you know I really do enjoy the fact that in Free Talk Live, a lot of times, especially with sometimes when you have Wayne on the show, it, it takes a tech kind of talk to it, and you know talk mm -hmm. about technology or even some of the stuff. Uh, with libertarian issues with video games, such as I'm sure everybody's familiar with the Grand Theft Auto stuff and sure. everything like that. And that, that, that really is when I started listening uh, to Free Talk Live when Glenn Jacobs turned me on to the show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I go, you know, I never, I, I knew that they shouldn't be uh, doing what they're doing with this video game and all the other content out there for entertainment. But the way you guys explained it really turned me on in a way where, wow, just like anybody else who actually discovers. Uh, the libertarian philosophy says, man, it's just common sense. That's all it really is. It's just common sense. And, and you know, so many people believe so many things that aren't common sense. You have to unravel that. So, yeah, it's, it's, that, that's, the, that's the way it is. So what's your favorite game right now? What are you, uh, what are you playing at the moment? I play Madden 09. So more of a sports, sports gamer? Or yes, are you because, all over the map? Because I'm not very athletic anyway in real life. So <laughs> right. I, I can live through Don and McNabb and all the other people in Madden 09. Cool. All right. I'm just joking. I'm very athletic. Be, yeah, you have to be very athletic to, in order to do professional <laughs> wrestling. It's uh, a lot of moves. You got to learn it. Uh, a friend of mine went through the uh, Dick Marchenko's School of Wrestling in Tampa. I, I can't remember. D. Malenko. Yeah, that sounds right. Dick Marchenko is very. That's a good name though for a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of work. It, he lost weight. Yeah, it's a, it's a very you know it's a, it's a it's a rough life. It's a hard life, but it's also very. Uh, it's a very beneficial life if you play your cards right and you keep your head on straight and you don't uh, participate in the pitfalls that seem to happen to a lot of athletes. Like snorting your profits or something like that? Well, they like spending your money and not saving yeah. it, like doing drugs, drinking, right. making bad life choices, which obviously being libertarians, nobody's supposed to, nobody's supposed to in inhibit you from making good or bad choices. So you're, just, you're supposed just, to learn from the consequences of your actions. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's a rough consequence. You spend all you, first, you make a bunch of money, and then, well, now I'm not making that money anymore because they don't want 60-year-old wrestlers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you got to learn it when you can, I guess. Hopefully, you'll learn it earlier. Hopefully, on. I want 60-year-old podcasters and radio show hosts when the time comes. I'm, I'm with you. Well, if you look at the current talk radio industry, that's about all you've got is 60-year-old you know, men. 
talking in a microphone, so it's pretty easy thing to do when you you'll get, be in good shape when you're ready for that. <laughs> so hey, uh, anything else you wanted to cover tonight? No, I'm just here like we talked about off air. Uh, I'm just here to support Glenn Jacobs. He had an awesome speech today. It was just wonderful to see him up there, and he he really uh, he really spoke on a lot of issues. I learned a lot from it. I did though, too. I, I that was like a I, uh, I had, an I economics lesson in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It was incredible. I had to miss it. Um, so it was the inevitability of liberty. Um, what what made it inevitable? Yeah, Glenn explains things. This this is why I like about Glenn and uh, you know, a lot of people here. I can't I can't speak for everybody because I didn't, I didn't see everybody speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Glenn can take something that's so complicated, like they make it, like economics, mm-hmm. and really take a human's human's perspective on our human's. I can't even talk. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm a podcast host, by the way. Uh, <laughs> a human perspective on it, and really talk it to. The normal person in layman's terms. Yeah. That's really what a lot of people in government and economics, even, you know, we're talking about people on radio or technology or anything else. If you talk over everybody's head, you're only hearing yourself talk. You're not, nobody's learning anything from it. If you can learn from what Glenn talked about today, and you guys are pretty much experts. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I haven't done any research oh, on economics. <laughs> well, I've just done this show and learned from my callers pretty much. Uh, what a lot I, of articles too. What little I know. Hey, Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate a, it. A plane to catch or something like that. Um, in fact, hopefully we'll get Glenn, uh, Glenn over here shortly and talk to you as well at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, where we're live from the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. your show and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231 that is the SACL CAI toll-free line we're live from the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum at the beautiful Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua New Hampshire been here since last night Uh, we broadcast live yesterday and we'll be broadcasting live again tomorrow night for our live Saturday show and if you uh, have the opportunity you want to come up here because there's a lot going on. I mean, it's been all day long, stuff happening here at the Liberty Forum, and for the rest of the weekend, the schedule is loaded. We're going to talk more about the schedule here in a little bit, uh, because there's a lot of exciting stuff still to come here at the Liberty Forum, so it's not too late. You can come up for all of Saturday if you want to. Just walk on in and buy yourself a Saturday ticket. It's a great opportunity to meet all kinds of Liberty-oriented people. Uh, both Liberty celebrities like Dr. Mary Ruard or Glenn Jacobs from the WWE, uh, the, the people like that, or just the regular folks that are here, hundreds of them, here to uh, to socialize, here to network, here to enjoy one another's company and talk about freedom or whatever else it is they feel like. It's a good time. It's a great experience. And it just keeps getting better year after year as more people who've been here before get to know one another better. And, of course, as new uh, new faces show up, and there are a lot of new faces here this year. So hopefully we'll see you out here this year, if not, maybe next year. Um, by the way, you can get more information at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum as far as the schedule of what's happening here. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be having uh, several guests in throughout the night tonight, talking to them about a variety of different things. And one of those guests is with us right now. Uh, Dick Marple is with us. He's a former New Hampshire state representative. Uh, and, Dick, if you, could, if you could get right up on that microphone you there. You want me right up close here. Well, yep. first of all, I want to uh, thank you for the privilege of uh, meeting with you, John again. I think it was up to Guilford at uh, uh, Gunstock there for the uh, that's Pork right, Fest. The Porcupine uh, Freedom Festival. We talked yeah, to you then. That's correct. That's what have you been doing since then? Pardon me? What have you been doing since then? Well, we've been trying to spread a little light here as far as educating the people. And I maybe shouldn't say that. I should be making aware, making the people aware 
that they are the fourth branch of government. We what do you the, mean by that? Well, we have the executive and we have the legislative and we have the judiciary, which are the three basic branches of government. But the fourth branch of government is you, the people. And you, the people, have the opportunity to oversee and reject all of that which you find that is immoral or otherwise with your government as far as your position on the jury. I've been associated with the Fully Informed Jury Association for many years. It's very passionate with me because it is an opportunity for everyone to become the judge themselves. Mm -hmm. You are just one member of 12 on that jury, and you can hang that jury. It's called jury nullification. Our corporate government, which is now existing in all of the states, are operating in a jurisdiction which is actually forbidden by our Constitution. If you read Article 3, Section 2 of the United States Constitution, you will see that admiralty jurisdiction is delegated to the federal courts exclusively, not to the state courts. But they're doing it anyway. But they're doing it anyway. Like, so, they do anything they want, don't they, Dick? I well, mean, let me put it that. That's because uh, our fourth branch of government is not exercising the power that they have reserved, in, particularly the New Hampshire Bill of Rights. So that's one of the reasons I'm proud to be a, a guess what, an inhabitant under Article 30, Part 2. I'm not a citizen. I'm an inhabitant under constitutional Why definition. would anyone want to be a citizen anyway? I mean, the definition of a citizen, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the definition of a citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. And as it turns out, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled time and time again, and I'm sure Mark Stevens will be talking, uh, we can talk to him about this later, but uh, the, the Supreme Court has ruled time and time again that the government has no obligation whatsoever to provide you with any of the, even the most basic rudimentary services. You're so absolutely if correct. there is no obligation for them to provide anything, then therefore there could not possibly be even, there couldn't even be a citizen because the deal is broken right there. You're absolutely correct. Uh, you see, the New Hampshire Constitution, as I mentioned before, is unique in that it, it was adopted by the people in this geographical area of the northern <laughs> jurisdiction of our planet Earth here for North America. And when they adopted that, the Bill of Rights was put first. They were the reserved rights of the people. Mm -hmm. Part two is the form of government which the people delegated to their employees, who are all the members of the judiciary, all the members of the legislature, and all of the members of the executive. They are the, and I'll let me tell you what, Article 8, because I've committed it to memory. Let's give it to you precisely. Article 8 of the New Hampshire Bill of Rights, which follows Article 7 relative to sovereignty. Article 8 says, quote, listen to these words, beautiful, all power. Well, let's say that all. All, that means everything. All power residing in and being derived from the people. All of the magistrates and officers of government are their substitutes and agents, and at all times accountable to them, period. Every they don't public. act that way, though. No, oh, they well, don't. Well, that's because the people aren't demanding it. So how do but we change that? How you change okay. that is, well, there was a very illustrious judge by the name of James Alger Fee, F-E-E, -E, and he was an Article Three lifetime tenure. He's unfortunately no longer with us. But in the case United States versus Johnson, this Article Three judge, James Alger Fee, admonished 
the entire world with his admonition that went, if you want your constitutional rights, there are two things that you must do. Number one, you must be a belligerent claimant at law because you're at war with the corporate government. So you have to be a belligerent. But you are not a belligerent by nature. You're compelled to be one because James Al-Jafi told you, if you want your constitutional rights, you number one, you have to do it yourself, and you must not employ an attorney. Why? An attorney is an officer of the court. He's sworn an oath of Absolute. allegiance. Absolute. His first duty is to the court. To the state. Yeah. Well, to the court. Yeah. Well, Which the court is a is corporate the court now. Now, we're talking about two different courts here. Corporate courts versus an Article Three judicial court. Those don't exist, though, right? Well, Article Three courts do exist. Well, they are they around here? Oh, somewhere? you have to appeal to one. You must appeal. Not I don't say appeal to one. You must petition one. Now, if you petition your one, as our illustrious James Al-Jafi said, you do it as under an affidavit. You know what? I don't think we have enough time to get into the actual details of yep. how to go about doing something like that. But I have to say that one of our co-hosts on this show, his name is Sam. Uh, he, you'll see him around here carrying a big video camera. Sure. He would. I think that uh, Sam really needs to meet up with you because he's somebody who's interested in filing criminal charges against these government bureaucrats. That's exactly what and, and going to this, uh, the grand jury. And grand really jury taking, is your key. Yep, and taking it all the way. grand jury is your key. He wants to take it all the way. Yep. So I want to make sure that yep. I uh, make, make, uh, make your acquaintance uh, with him a little I'll be more later. than happy to. And you've been here promoting Fiji this weekend, and I'm a I huge have a fan. table out here. I'll be here for the tomorrow, and God willing, and, uh, and Sunday also. So you can I invite everybody to stop by, right. pick up your literature, because we want to raise the level of awareness to the general public that you do have the power. Yep. And you have it when you're sitting on the jury. Thank you, Dick Marple. I'm glad you came out here tonight, and thank you for coming on Free Talk Live. thank you once again Live. for the privilege of being with you. And yep. I can tell you that the, uh, the Fiji activism out here in New Hampshire is uh, pretty unprecedented. I mean, in the Keene area alone, we have activists out every single month out in front of the courthouse handing out flyers to every individual that comes into that courthouse. I'd like to see that spread across the rest of the state. I don't know why the activists haven't started doing it in the other areas. There's certainly enough activism, uh, activists out there to get that done. So it's, uh, it's, in their you know, it's in their ballpark at this point. It's up to them to take action. What we have to do is we have to motivate the people. Have them stop by We're and out talk of time, with me. Thank I you want so one much. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, they are completely free. bbs.freetalklive.com is the place to go there. That's one of the things you can do on the website. The BBS is uh, full of over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's both private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can go over there today and get a free account at PrivacyHarbor.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, so we continue here with more interviews. People are all over the place at the Liberty Forum, I th although right now most of them are in a speech. They're in the keynote speech 
uh, slash dinner with Dr. Mary Ruart, who we're hoping to get on the show a little bit later on, as you may have heard. She ran for president on the Libertarian, attempted to um, run on the Libertarian Party ticket, but they re- narrowly rejected her in favor of some fascist. Uh, so we'll come back to that a little bit later. In the meantime, we have the president of the Free State Project with us. His name is Varen Swearingen, actually the second term that's Baron. right. I'm the, only one, I'm the only one dumb enough to do this twice. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you say that? Is it really that uh, difficult of a position? No, you know, well, it, there is a lot of work, um, and but I enjoy it. It's the kind of work that I guess it suits me. Um, I was a little early coming back, but I had to tam- take a little time off from work uh, or a free state project work to do real work, like actually making money. I don't know uh, if everyone out there knows this, but, but none of us are paid uh, anything at all. Well, so, uh, when you say none of us. Uh, that volunteer for the Free State Project. Gotcha. Yeah, and yeah. We're not being paid for this, as a matter of fact. Right, right. So, so yeah, I don't, you know, I don't have a salary or anything like that. So I have a day job, and that sort of takes precedence. Again. You know what? We haven't really mentioned yet tonight on the show what the Free State Project is. So since you're the president, if you are asked what the Free State Project is, how would you describe it to someone who'd never heard? Well, the shortest answer, and, and I tend to give long answers. Of course, Dr. Mary Ruard is in there giving short answers. She's good at that. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. So I guess the shortest answer would be it's an, it's an agreement among libertarians to move to the state of New Hampshire to pursue a society in which the maximum role of government is a protection of life, liberty, and property. That's, that about sums it up. And that's what's happening. People are actually moving now because originally it was just a concept yeah. and a brilliant one at that. Uh, it came out in the early portion of this decade and it was published on the Internet. It kind of caught fire a bit and people yeah. started signing up. And uh, then later on there was a vote and ten different states were, uh, were on the table as far as being the options as to where people would end up moving. Mm-hmm. And New Hampshire won pretty overwhelmingly, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And shortly thereafter people began moving. You, in fact, were one of the early... Earliest I movers. was I was early, yeah. In uh, I moved right about one year after that vote was held, and at that time there were less than seventy people who had moved. Now there's uh, hundreds. And we're hundreds. over six hundred. Uh, no, excuse there's me, over six hundred total free staters. That doesn't include in almost seven hundred now. That includes people that were already in New Hampshire, though. That's correct. And we stopped signing up people, so the the, the number doesn't get inflated by people who already live here now. Right. We only sign up people outside of New Hampshire at the present time. And those sign-ups seem to be increasing. I've been, uh, Mark has been watching the counter. It's We recently hit the 9,000 mark, so 9,000 people and have the, committed. And the 9,100 mark already. That's right. And it <laughs> seemed like it was just a handful of weeks yeah, later. Was, so, yeah. yep, the couple. You know, I've, uh, I've been trying to I've, I've checked now and then at the, the graphs that sort of show the signers and stuff like that. I think the graphs are behind they right are. now. Yeah. yeah, that's a technical detail. We'll work on that. Okay, great. The rate, oh, It though, is a volunteer it, organization. That's yeah, I right. know. We have a hard time with that. The rate, um, though, is... Is live, and I think we're over 20 a week now for the last like six months, uh, which is a significant increase over, say, a year ago. That would have been like what, 11 or something? Yeah, 11 something. So that's good news, and there are probably a variety of factors. I mean, number one, there is a lot of synergy up here. A lot more activism is happening now than has ever happened, and and it's being publicized. It's being put on YouTube. In fact, a lot of the activism. One of the things that I really like about the Free State Project's website now is that there's the blogs on the front page, yeah, which I think yeah. really adds a, 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 what was much needed at one time, a freshness factor to the website where people can go and not only can they see that the counter's been updated with new signers, but they can also look over in the right-hand side and they can see what's happening today right. as far as in the, free, in the soon-to-be free state in New Hampshire. What are the activists doing? What are they saying? It's aggre- it, Essentially, you guys aggregate several different blogs from across the state, including yeah. freekeen.com. 
uh, and you put it up on the front page of the site, which I think is great. It gives people a real window into the world of what's happening here. So I think that combined with, of course, the Ron Paul campaign yeah. uh, has done a lot to really bring some new people into this movement. And it's great. There's so many new faces here. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And in fact, they did a, we did a little show of hands during the first session this morning. Oh, really? I would say about half of the people here are from out of state. That's fantastic. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And they get, you know, I've heard several stories already this weekend about them coming. They hear this great lineup of speakers. Uh, and maybe more importantly, they meet a whole bunch of actual real people. These are not handles on a, on a bulletin board. We're, we're, we have, you know, lives and jobs. And a lot of us have moved here, and they meet us, and they say, hmm, yeah, that's, that's all right. We're going to do this. Right. Well, yeah, I, I would imagine if you've seen someone else and met someone else who has already gone through the steps, it probably makes it a little more tangible for you rather oh, yeah. than just being an idea that you run across on the Internet. You see that, wow, hundreds of people have already moved to New Hampshire. If they can do it, surely I can do it. I mean, we've had obviously people that are younger have been kind of most of the early movers because the younger folks out there have less strings tying them down. But there are people that are uh, that are, you know, middle aged or some, I guess, older than that that oh, have yeah. made the move. And a lot of them, I mean, I know uh, Brian Travis is, is one of the, uh, the more recent movers. He had to, uh, to cross the country four or five times to take several loads of stuff wow. uh, to come up here. So, I mean, for, for a 20-year-old to throw a, a bag, a, a backpack in the back of his car and drive up is no big deal. It's an amazing show of dedication to the ideals of liberty when somebody picks up their life and their 12 horses and their, oh, yeah. you know, the, you know, 40, spends $40,000 on a truck just so he can move everything over. I mean, it's just the, the, the moving stories alone oh, it's are huge. so incredible. We, I mean, we had a whole family. So for us, it was a semi-truck that yeah. moved us out here from California, you know? So that's not just across, you know, the border. Uh, it was a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it can be a big commitment for a family. And when we moved, interestingly enough, it was a, a different environment here. Uh, I remember sh throwing a, a housewarming party in mm -hmm. Keene, and, and two of us had moved, myself and, and Russell Canning. I don't know. He's, he, he's probably been on the show here, right? Yeah, Not yet this weekend, Not, you know, but I saw him walking be. around today. But anyways, Russell had moved about the same time as me, and we threw a housewarming party. We thought, well, it would be fun to see if there's any more Free State Project participants. Mm -hmm. Are there any? Or is this just a big... You know, facade. Fifty people showed up really? at this thing. And I thought to myself, holy cow, there's 50 libertarians and in the world. And that was years ago. That this was... was four years ago. Now, somebody sneezes and 50 people show yeah. up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but everybody looked around. That was the first time. I think that was the first time that everybody looked around and thought to themselves, wow, this is really Something's happening. Something's happening here. Yeah. 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 So it's really exciting. And, of course, the more people that come here, the more will happen, the more uh, it will be promoted, uh, and the more people will come. I and mean, it's just going to all build upon itself. So yeah. It's going to snowball. That and, is what's happening. And already the government guys are obsessed with uh, Some of them are obsessed <laughs> with the free state movement yeah. because, well, they must, you know, they can probably tell something's changing, too. And they're probably quite frightened about what that, you know, might entail for the, the future of their pension plan. Sure. Well, some of them are some of them are happy that we're here you know and i run into those sure. kinds of people that uh, well you know what you guys really have this freedom idea figured out and and we like that and then there are the ones there's one that lives down the street from me you know who i'm talking mm -hmm. about he's a state rep and he's not real happy that we're here <laughs> too bad for him too bad because uh, they can cry and moan about it all they want the reality is more movers are coming every single month That's every right. year uh, is going to build upon the years before it. Yeah. and I just we... met somebody that moved this week, and I've never even heard of this person before. Oh, yeah. I mean, just seeing all the new faces around here, and, at, of course, 
inevitably I ask the question, you know, well, do you live here yet, or is this your first time in New Hampshire? Yes, there's so many first-timers yeah. uh, that are either, some people just moved in uh, uh, three days ago, some people are here for the very first time, and it's, an, it's just an amazing experience being around hundreds of like-minded individuals, and that's yeah. part of what the Liberty Forum is about, really concentrating all these people in one hotel for the weekend. But after this is over, most of these guys go home and they spread out across the state, and they get together on a weekly basis, and then they do you, stuff. Yeah, there are dozens of people that get together on a weekly basis and, and do things. I know that, um, and they're doing a variety of different things. I know the Keen people are looking at uh, doing a food drive soon, so jumping yeah. into the, the charity wing. Hey, Varen, always good having you on the show. Pleasure, thank you. Varen Swearingen from the Free State Project, the president of the Free State Project. More on the way from the Liberty Forum, the 2009 Liberty Forum here in Nashua, New Hampshire. More Free Talk Live, taking your calls about whatever you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you can help support Free Talk Live by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a percentage. It's that simple. They've got dozens of categories in which you can shop, including used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, you can do that through Amazon. .freetalklive.com. Great way to get the stuff you need for life and support Free Talk Live all at the same time. Again, enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is offering 12 different seminars this summer. In locations across the country, participation is free, and the IHS covers meals and housing. Seminars are for those who are simply curious about libertarian philosophy to those passionate about liberty, even those who want career advice. Networking opportunities and lectures relevant to each career path. Go to theihs.com the and register today. The deadline is March the 31st. Uh, they got a couple of new se- seminars uh, coming up. As a matter of fact, it's uh, Moral Foundations of Capitalism and Scholarship in a Free Society. Go to theihs.com. Very cool. So uh, all night long here, we're continuing the coverage of the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum and still taking your calls as well. Let's jump into your calls and start and talk to Andy in Michigan. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um. I was listening to the radio today, and I very rarely do that. And I turned it on, and about two minutes later, here comes this little historical moment, blah, blah, blah. It's called One Moment in America. And so they're talking okay. about how this guy uh, got to be the president by accident, and they said he was the accident something or other. Anyway, the guy what they're guy talking are about. are you referring to? I'm sorry, I'm not sure what you're talking about. The guy they're talking about is John Tyler. Um, He became president when uh, William Harrison died of pneumonia because he stood out in the cold and gave a four-hour inauguration speech. Hmm. He died of pneumonia a month later, and this guy, John Tyler, became president. Well, uh, William Henry Harrison was a big protectionist, and he wanted to pass really high tariffs, and they had all this stuff all set up for him to sign as soon as he got into office. And he ended up dying before he did any of it. And this guy Tyler comes in, and he's in the same party, the you know, the party that Abe Lincoln was a member of and all that. And uh, he, <laughs> this guy takes office. They didn't know hardly anything about him. Well, they put all these tariffs in front of him. And he said, uh, no, I'm not going to sign any of that. And it just the way that they made this guy sound on the radio today, like he was, he was just, he didn't do anything that pleased anybody and... He didn't have party affiliation. Well, when he refused to sign these huge tariffs, they kicked him out of the Whig Party. Hmm. 
So, to my mind, the guy was a hero, and I thought the way they represented him on the radio was just... Well, it figures. I mean, it, 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 that's sort of how the, the historians look back at various different presidents over time, is the ones that, uh, that started the most wars, the ones that killed the most individuals, uh, the ones that Big were taxes. The, the biggest Big tyrants. Programs. Right, the, the ones that are the most tyrant, uh, tyrannical, they are lauded as the, the greatest presidents. And the others, the people like the, the guy you mentioned, I never even heard his name before, uh, they're completely forgotten. And so you're absolutely right. It's, it's just it's tragic. And, of course, Abraham Lincoln has to be the... You know, the Abraham Lincoln and FDR have to be the, the perfect examples of how history just lavishes praise on these well, most violent of men. It's, it's a pretty well-known fact that the, the Civil War started over tariffs, not, not slaves. So um, I, uh, I just uh, want to thank you guys for having your show, and I, I learned it all well, because I listened to you, and then I ended up finding the work of uh, Thomas DiLorenzo, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. Yes, he uh, wrote The Real Lincoln, and it's a real, it's, from what I understand, I've not read it myself, but it's quite an in-depth uh, study of what he was really like. The story the high school textbooks won't tell you. Thank you for the call tonight, Andy. 800-259-9231 is the number. We talked to Jerry in Colorado. Jerry, you're on Free Talk Live. Jerry, Colorado, going once. Jerry in Colorado, going twice. All right. 800-259-9231 is the number. By the way, we are since we're on location here at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire, for the 2009 Liberty Forum, we don't have our webcam with us. Not because we probably couldn't ha have bought some webcam and set it up. We probably maybe we can do that next year. But this year we don't have our webcam. So Yadra is here with his quick cam. He's got an iPhone with quick.com on it, and he's live streaming a video feed of this show to the internet right now. So if you want to see that, you can go to quick.com, qik.com forward slash Yadra Voat. That's Y-A-D-R-A-V-O-A-T. So great way to see the show if that's something that you're interested in doing tonight. So 1-800-259-9231 is the number. Uh, joining us, another special guest his name is Anthony Gregory. Anthony, if you, uh, I presume you want to sit in here, get a little closer, in fact, a lot closer to that microphone. Anthony Gregory is one of the article writers, uh, the writers for LouRockwell.com. If you've been to LouRockwell.com more than, oh, I don't know, once, you've probably seen <laughs> his articles all over the place. We've read a bunch of his stuff. Uh, yeah, we've certainly used a, a number of your articles on the air, and they're, they're fantastic. And uh, Welcome to Free Talk Live. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Well, thank you for coming out to uh, New Hampshire because normally you live out in Berkeley. Is that right? Yeah, or abnormally, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, everybody lives abnormally in Berkeley. <laughs> I, but yes, I live, I live there, and I've lived there pretty much my whole life, and, or in, in the Bay Area in California, rather. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm having a lot of fun. Now, having read a number of your articles over the, the years at LouRonquil.com, I've gotten the impression that you have been involved in the Libertarian Party and that maybe, somewhat like me, you've been a, a little bit disappointed with the direction it's, it's gone. Well, you know, I've been trying not to be too uh, critical lately, but yes, I, I'm, I'm not entirely happy with uh, the tendency to water down principle anywhere I see it. Mm -hmm. and. There have definitely been signs of that in the LP. You've been you held their feet to the flames in a number of articles, and I just I really enjoyed it because it's just a, it's a tragedy what is uh, what has happened to them. And as I understand it, uh, the founder of the Libertarian Party, David Nolan, is here this weekend. 
I didn't get to see his opening address. Were you there for that this morning? Uh, no, I missed it too. Mm-hmm. Did you see it, Mark? Sorry I, to say. I guess we, we all were missed out. It. We were out. We were at a yeah. business. Meeting. I hear it was very good. I hear. I heard that he was planning on uh, ripping him a new one, but I'm not sure how how much he ripped them or not. I know that uh, Chris Lawless is here, so he'll, he'll let us know what happened. Chris Lawless is. Uh, he didn't see it either. <laughs> you better go find but out what the hell happened. There were hundreds of people here that were watching it. Now, there really are. There are a lot of people here at the Liberty yep. Forum that you can't hear them right now. Normally, they would be uh, buzzing in the background, uh, but right now they're all watching Dr. Mary Ruart, which I'm amazed that you aren't actually watching Dr. Ruart right now. Well, I had another engagement. I see. <laughs> well, it's good because we, so, we can use the guests during the downtime. That's your sure. speech. Uh, you, you gave one today. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about it. I gave a talk. Uh, it was called "The Drug War Versus American Civilization," and uh, who's winning? <laughs> well, unfortunately, American civilization's not winning. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I went over the the one thing I did was I talked about how the the drug war has undermined every amendment in the Bill of Rights. Sure. I talked I talked about uh, how it undermines civil society, international peace, the social fabric, and and pretty much everything. Wait a minute. Uh, the Third Amendment is uh, what they can't house soldiers in your. Surely the, uh, the drug war. Well, in the in the 90s, in the Las Palmas um, uh, uh, housing project, basically in Puerto Rico, the National Guard moved in there uh, looking for drugs. Mm-hmm. And then after a few years, uh, they were still there. There were hundreds of them. And I also talked wow. in the case of the Third Amendment about how you know the point of the Third Amendment was also to. Uh, you know, to guard against the, the basic tendency of militarizing domestic law enforcement, because the quartering act, that you talk about quartering soldiers and the whole quartering act that the British had imposed, uh, it forced uh, the colonists to support the, the redcoats in their midst in indirect ways, too. And so I talked about how the drug war undermined posse comitatus, how the drug war was the first rationale behind the militarization of the raid of, at Waco and so forth. And it, of course, uh, bears mentioning that it has resulted in, oh, last year alone, 1.5 million Americans being arrested. Yeah, the sure. The tragedy oh, yeah. just continues on. No, no. So do you think, uh, do you think that Obama's going to hold to his promise of shutting down the DEA raids in California? Well, I'm not sure. You know, I, I try to reserve judgment. Uh, he's, you know, they're only promising to uh, stop the raids of medical marijuana. We don't really know if that means they'll stop raiding uh, marijuana dispensaries altogether. I mean, mm-hmm. they could always say, "Oh, well, no, some of this isn't for medicinal use." That's true. And uh, if that, if if he indeed did it, and uh, I, of course, I would, I would uh, cheer him on in so far as he did that. It would be great. Anytime sure. anyone is not jailed for something they shouldn't be jailed for is great. And it's sad that sick people are jailed. But uh, I fear that even if if we won that victory, the drug war, of course, would persist. It, it could always get worse in, in other ways. And There's certainly that potential. Yeah, I, I always wonder about this, that um, marijuana sort of finances the drug war in fines and uh, you know, forfeitures and things like that. And I wonder how it's going to affect the drug war as a, as a whole by stopping, mar- you know, making marijuana legal. Well, you know, things could go either way. Uh, on, the, on the one hand, maybe uh, people start to open their eyes and it'll be a good gradualist move toward liberty on the issue. On the other hand, I mean, I could see even if they legalized marijuana altogether, started diverting more resources to the other drugs, they could always spend more money short on short on time. We're going to come okay. back with more here. Hour two's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of 
this live, extra live edition of the program. We're here from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the 2009 Liberty Forum at the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. The hotel is packed full of hundreds of liberty-oriented people, all enjoying one another's company, networking, socializing, after hours, partying. And And armed to the teeth. There are quite a few arms around here, as a matter of fact. Uh, plus, there have been a lot of uh, speeches going on today. There have been some panel discussions, as I understand it. We haven't even had a chance to do a, a recap of what's been going on here. I'll do a quick one for you here. And then we'll, coming up, we'll talk to uh, the actual organizer of the event about what is still to come. But what happened today? Well, the biggest, I think, of all day long had to be Glenn Jacobs, just because he physically is the largest of all the speakers. He, You may know him as WWE's Kane. He gave an excellent address uh, this afternoon, plus... There Talking was, about the inevitability of liberty. That's right. It was actually more of a uh, an economic lesson, like an economics in one lesson kind of speech, and he ended up uh, wrapping it all into the, the inevitability factor. Earlier in the day, Adam Kokesh was, uh, Kokesh was speaking. Uh, he's from Iraq Veterans Against the War. And I saw him speak yesterday or two days ago at the uh, the protest out in front of the state house. Great speech. He was a great speaker. I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't make it out there uh, for for him today. Ethan Nadelman was here from uh, from the Drug Policy Alliance, I believe, ending drug prohibition. He was talking about that. Uh, there was uh, a speaker, Kevin Innes, talking about honest money. Matt Simon from the Coalition for Common Sense here in New Hampshire, talking about marijuana decriminalization activism. He's a real great uh, liberty-oriented activist who moved here a few years ago, so he is a free stater. Some of the speakers are free staters. Some of them are not. We hope that eventually some of them will join if they have not yet uh, considered doing so. David Nolan was also speaking as the founder of the Libertarian Party today. So there was a lot going on. I didn't uh, go through the whole list. Right now, Dr. Mary Ruart is speaking in the main ballroom, the the Friday night keynote speaker. People are having dinner and enjoying one another and enjoying her uh, her speech, and hopefully she'll be here to talk to us a little bit later on. But one of the other speakers that was here today is Anthony Gregory, and he was unfortunately competing with Glenn Jacobs. And I'm sorry to say I did go see Glenn, but I really did want to go see uh, what you had to say, Anthony, because uh, you've been one of my favorite writers on LewRockwell.com uh, for a long time. How long ha- has it been that uh, that you've been published on LewRockwell.com? Um, five years. That's pretty. That's pretty good. I'll, uh, by the way, I might be giving the same talk or a similar talk on Sunday. Oh, cool. Or I might talk about something else. I'm not sure yet. I didn't know you had <laughs> another gig on Sunday. Is that going to be here at the Liberty Forum? Uh, yes, it'll okay. be here. I'm going to be uh, filling in for Will Griggs' spot at 1230-ish. Oh, no. He can't make it Yes, out? he can't make it. Oh, that's a bummer. I was really looking forward yeah, to that Yeah, me one. too. I would rather... See him too. <laughs> <laughs> Will, Will Greg is another LouRockwell.com uh, mm-hmm. writer and great. great he really is Johnny on the spot when it comes to the police state and the rise of the you know the fascist uh, socialist police state in America. I think he's probably. I think I can't think of a better writer on the police state. Than I know of. If there are any that I compare, agree. I'd like to start reading them too. I think uh, Radley Balco does a pretty good job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good. That's true. No, he's yeah. very good, very but, good. But Will Grigg really ties it all together pretty, uh, pretty effectively. Also, Grigg's past is kind of a, Bir- a so-called conservative John Birch guy. It's just there's something about when he gets outraged about people being pulled over for crystal meth. 
You know, how could they do this to this poor, you know, I just, uh, there's something about that that I really love. That's what, well, yeah, well, that's what the we moral outrage. outrage. Yeah, he's got this outrage. And somebody just... who's willing to stand up for even those who would be looked down upon by a lot of others for oh. their for whatever their habits might be. I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, it's, it's iconoclastic, and that's what we do uh, six nights a week on this show. So before we went away, because you were here in the last segment of the first hour, we were talking, and Mark had asked you a question right up at the very end of the show because he never pays attention to what time it is. Yeah. Uh, and so he asked you a question. You never had a chance to finish your answer. So let's re-ask the question, Mark. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was? Oh, well, I'll see if I see what I can do. Um, I asked basically if marijuana was decriminalized, would the drug war go away? Because marijuana finances the drug war by, through fines, forfeitures, and you know, essentially, it's it's so much easier to fine than all the other drugs because it's big, bulky, and stinky. That's true, but of course, with taxes and the Fed, they could finance whatever they want. And the problem is. With, with looking at it from the finance angle, all, the drug war is actually not, we like to say it's expensive, but it, it, it causes more human misery per dollar than most uh, government programs. Yeah, I'm and sure. They'd be able, I mean, now they're stealing like $100 billion a day, it seems, with these stimulus. So it wouldn't be that hard. And since Obama seems to believe that any government spending is good for the economy, I think that wouldn't be decisive. I mean, when they legalized alcohol, it wasn't that long until they uh, outlawed pot. So I could see the drug war continuing. And in fact, if they ramped up the rest of the drug war, like some reformers on, on pot, unfortunately, say they should, I would think that some of the problems with the drug war would get worse. And then they'd be blaming it on legalizing. Right. So there's danger. But of course, any I, I, I'm not opposed to legalizing marijuana. No, I, I'm not taking steps in any direction. No, no, any step in the right direction. But I don't know. I think that we need uh, a, a fundamental shift in American culture. And American Americans have always been, you know, half pro-liberty and half pro-tyranny yeah. uh, going back. So It's the birthplace of fascism. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we have it in us. It's sort of a martial culture that we have. So, mm -hmm. um, Major war every 20 years, at least. And mm. So you, we were talking also during the break. You had uh, you know somebody had called in about Zachary Taylor and uh, you know how he had taken over for uh, John Johnson, Tyler. John Tyler, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. um, he'd taken over for uh, I don't even know William Henry Harrison. William Henry Henry Harrison, who died after what, that ten days in office or something I'm like. Talking that. about presidents yes. here, right? So and you had some comments on that, and I thought they were great. Well, you know, the, it, John Tyler is, is one of the best presidents, probably Ivan Elin at the Independent Institute where I worked, just did a book rating the presidents. Recarving Rushmore. Exactly, yes, on, on a libertarian scale. And he rates Tyler the highest, I believe. I should know. I'm pretty sure. And in some ways you could argue that. But a lot of it was because his party hated him. It was the first time a uh, president had become president by, uh, in that way by the other guy dying. And there was a debate as to whether he was the actual president or whether he was just serving some of the functions of the president but not quite the president. Yeah. So he was weakened and he had problems with his party. His philosophy was terrible, as is the philosophy of most presidents, when I guess the philosophy of the best presidents... Uh, doesn't guarantee they'll be good presidents. I mean, Jefferson was terrible, for example, as president. Um, yeah, they gave him a lot of trouble in recarving Rushmore. I, you know, I felt some of it was undeserved in the sense that um, if they would have rated him on the scale of presidents, at, 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 you know, sort of, uh, you know, in his time frame, that he would have done a little better. But the fact is, he's he's Thomas Jefferson, and therefore he should have been more pro-liberty. Is I, I, kind of how I felt when I read the book. 
Well, I think you can. I think one could argue that he was worse than uh, John Adams overall. Didn't, didn't John Adams preside over the Alien Sedition Act? Yes. That, yeah, that's pretty rough. That's that is. But Je- you know, but Jefferson mm-hmm. went around. You know, he had this terrible embargo, and you know, any in- interference with international trade is anti-human. And he went around and he, uh, ser- you know, searched people, make sure they weren't trading with with the various enemies, and he unconstitutionally expanded their territory with the Louisiana Purchase, and he, uh, he, tried to, he, he, he tried to do some things he failed at, thank goodness. He wanted a constitutional amendment for national education funding. He did, wow. he he did was, like public school. He loved public school. He was, uh, uh, and, you know, I mean, he, was, he tried to suspend habeas corpus to deal with the uh, Aaron Burr conspirators. So the power corrupts, and uh, even old know, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, and of course he had slaves. And I know you know libertarians say, well, you, know, you got to go by the time. But if you go by the time, then Obama's great. So I'd say that he, that's the kind of thing that's going to eat away at your principles anyway. So um, I don't want to bash him too much. We've had a lot of worse presidents. Well, you you did true. forget the uh, unconstitutional use of the uh, the the incipient navy. Uh, you know, oh yeah, that's true. I did forget about that. Yes. Now, what, now what you just kind of referenced I'm sorry. Uh, telling people. Uh, the, well, the, there was the uh, the pirates over in uh, yeah the <laughs> the, uh, the where Barbary he sent pirates, the yeah. Barbary pirates where Triple he sent the the navy and and, and the marines first thing and the the yeah. marines was the you no know, it was that was a very that was unprecedented right he, he was the third president he, he wasn't gonna he didn't wait till Congress came back into session in order to send them where he could have had them to declare war and likely they would have uh-huh. um, but they didn't you know he didn't wait he just sent them on over and that's ooh. and it didn't work we the the u s ended up still paying the ransom a few years later so yeah. as you can tell Anthony Gregory well informed and great writer head over to lewrockwell.com see his articles there also you have your own website anthonygregory.com uh-huh. and Thanks. thank you for sitting in on free thank you Thank you. Glad to have you out here at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum 2009 Liberty Forum. We're here broadcasting live, and coming up, we'll actually bring the organizer of said Liberty Forum on with us. Take your calls as well about anything. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, features including the wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com, and you can edit virtually anything you see there. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com for all your accounts receivable needs. 800-259-9231. As always, you can call about whatever you want. Uh, tonight, though, we do have an unusually large volume of interviews uh, to get through here because there are a lot of interesting people here at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Usually it's just you and I, Mark. We're not so interesting. Uh, but we have had a uh, per- steady parade of guests here tonight, even throughout the uh, the speech, the keynote speech. Dr. Mary Ruart up on stage, probably still uh, as I'm speaking here, and hopefully she'll be in here a little bit later to talk to us. But right now we actually have Chris Lawless with us. He is the organizer of the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. If you've been listening to the show for the past few months, you've heard him call in occasionally to give us updates on what's happening here. And Chris, I mean, 
it looks to me to be another successful event. Uh, is it on track to be bigger than last year? Well, give me the, the analysis so far, this halfway point, basically. Absolutely. We are by far beyond last year's full pass capacity. Wow. Last year we had a lot of full pass, and a lot of people came out to see Dr. Paul but we're way beyond what we had last year for full three-day passes. So even without Ron Paul speaking this year, you're saying it's even bigger? Correct. That's great. Now, Ron Paul's speech was huge at the end, so people bought one-day passes for that. That'll be something to beat, too. Correct. There was a lot of one-day passes last year, and I expect there's actually going to be a lot of one-day passes tomorrow for John Taylor Gatto. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now, t tell us a little bit more about John Taylor Gatto. So John Taylor Gatto is a former school teacher in New York City. He was a school teacher of the year. Mm -hmm. And he basically, after some reflection and thought, found out that, you know what? Public school's not good for you. Public school's dumbing our kids down. Sure. And you, you're teaching to the lowest kids, and you ignore the talented kids at the expense of, you know, you're spending all your time with the quote-unquote deadbeats, who may actually be really smart kids, but they just might not learn in that Environment, right? We and, and we all have different uh, things that we're going to excel at. I, you know, I, I may have been good at math in school, but I don't know anything about it now, and it, it you know, it doesn't benefit me to uh, to be able to do math particularly well. So, I, you know, a lot of those kids, uh, I'm not saying they shouldn't get well-rounded, but you know, they could grow up to do something that doesn't require a great deal of academia. Absolutely, and so he has a new book out called Weapons of Mass Instruction, and he'll be talking about that tomorrow. Fantastic. And that's going to be a little bit later on in the afternoon. Now, people can just show up here in Nashville at the Crown Plaza Hotel. They can buy a one-day pass. Or Absolutely. They can buy the rest of the weekend if they wanted to. Absolutely. If they want to come down, it would be tight for lunches, but we can definitely get them dinner passes if they come in by two. We, and they're definitely welcome to come in just for the day. So some of the other things that are going on, I'm looking at tomorrow's schedule here. Uh, Mark Stevens is in the house. We just saw him walk here, uh, walk in here a moment ago. We're going to have him sit in in a bit, but he's going to be speaking right in the morning, uh, starting things off at 9.30 tomorrow morning. At the same time, there's going to be a homeschooling panel going, uh, going on. So sometimes the, the choices can be a little difficult here. Yeah, absolutely. I heard a great comment to me that someone was really mad because there were two speakers on at the same time, and he didn't know which to go to, and he wanted to find out who scheduled these speakers because he really wanted to you know, talk you? to me. And I said, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that you're mad because we have two great speakers at the same time. I, I think that's what it's about, choice, and that means you're going to come back next year to hear another speaker. That's true, and it brings me back to something that I wanted to talk to you about. We uh, were discussing this last night, was the issue of cameras here at the Liberty Forum. As I recall, a couple of years ago, they were fairly restricted. Last year, it seemed like the camera restrictions loosened up, and this year, I saw, it must have been five or six cameras at the, at the Glenn Jacobs uh, speech this afternoon. It, what does one have to do to, to attend here and record the speeches and put them on YouTube? Is there... A... If you come to the Liberty Forum, and you have a camera and you have a pulse and you have an IQ over 10 and you ask permission, you can videotape. I think that's a smart move because the more video cameras there are, the more videos are going to go up to YouTube, the more people are going to see that great Free State Project backdrop behind the speakers and that's just going to get the Free State Project out there even more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually talked to a bunch of people who are not Free Staters. They came here to check it out and he already asked me where you can sign up. He just saw that's the fantastic. people... And he said people are fantastic, so he's asking to sign up. So I can remember uh, I've met a, more than one person who said that they signed up for the Free State Project after seeing Ron Paul's speech on the Internet with the banner behind him that says Free State Project all over it. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny because we talked about if people remember the first Liberty Forum, Ron Paul kind of gave his coming out speech to Ron. Yeah. And that video was all over used by the campaign, and the Free State Project sign was pretty small. 
And I was watching football the next season, and I noticed that all the coaches had their the Patriot symbol behind them. And I said, mm-hmm. why don't we do that? And yeah. that's what we did. And I think it works really well. So, so getting back to the schedule of what's happening uh, here tomorrow, I'm not even going to touch on Sunday because uh, Sunday is twice as long this year. So you've really packed a whole lot more in than ever before. Uh, you mentioned John Taylor Gatto. Our buddy Mark Stevens is going to be early morning, the homeschooling panel. Pa- uh, Patry Friedman, who we had on the show recently to discuss seasteading, Looking he's going to be here. Uh, Jen Coffey will be talking about a variety of different activism here in New Hampshire. Charlie Arlinghouse, the name doesn't ring a bell. Who's that? Charlie Arlinghouse is an education expert in New Hampshire. He's part of the Josiah Bartlett Center, and they're a free market think tank that talks about all the different issues affecting New Hampshire. Also, a little bit later on, now this is an interesting twist to the Liberty Forum. You've got the competition here. Boston Tea Party will be here speaking about the future of the Second Amendment post the Heller decision. And actually, Dick Heller is going to be the, the keynote speaker tomorrow night, Absolutely, uh, which is a pretty big deal. But uh, Boston Tea Party is the organizer of the competing Free State Wyoming. That is correct. What, He's, are you uh, crazy? Uh, I'm, I am crazy. That is actually fact. I'm crazy. He was the 5,000th member of the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. When Wyoming lost out in the vote of the Free State Project, he then founded Free State Wyoming as he opted out of New Hampshire. And he is starting a competing thing, and I think competition's good. I agree with you. And I have talked to him at length over the past few months. I've met him here. He's a great guy at the at the shooting range that we went to on Thursday. He was helping newbies. He wrote the Boston Gun Bible. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's good to hear. And he's just one of many things that is going on tomorrow. Uh, so many other. Uh, I'm, we just don't have time to get into the entire list of what's happening. You can see it for yourself, however, if you go to freestateproject.org/libertyforum. Uh, you can get the full list of events, and it is worth it if you're in the New England area to come up to Nashua this weekend and experience this. I just I see Stefan Molnew out there from Freedom Main Radio and he's mm-hmm. going to be the closing speaker on Sunday afternoon. I know a lot of people are excited. And uh, I am. yeah, he's actually uh palling up there with Mark Stevens. Two of the volunteer <laughs> two of the voluntarious speakers this weekend, which I think is a really great uh trend for the Liberty Forum. Last year there was some politician that gave a keynote address. Mm-hmm. This year it no, was the election year. This year there's nothing like that to be uh, to be found here. Just a, a great variety of speakers, everything from the political to the voluntarist uh, wing, and I think that uh, it's it's great to have more voluntarists represented here. And I want to thank you for for helping that. No out. problem. I actually the reason the path, the thing we called this year was many paths to liberty, and it's something that I've learned over the past years. Not everyone's a politician. Not everyone's a civil disobedient. Not everyone's a voluntarist. But I think we can all work together and do your thing. I mentioned to you guys in my opening speech that. Some people do radios, some people do radios. There's many paths. Everyone takes their passion, and that's leading to liberty. We just hope that your path leads here to New Hampshire so you can join us. More on the way here. Thanks, Chris, for sitting in. Thank and maybe you. we'll have you back tomorrow night. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take your calls about whatever you want. Plus, we'll talk to Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. Uh, we've got them going back for an entire year right there on the front page of the site at freetalklive.com. 
And AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL. That's like free talk live. Offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. Also, if you want to uh, check out the show uh, with the video streaming at uh, Quick.com, just go to QIK.com and it's Yadra Voat. Y-A-D-R-A-V-O-A-T, Yadra Voat. Yeah, Yadra is here uh, providing a, a live video stream in the absence of our webcam, which we normally have at cam.freetalklive.com, but if you go there, that won't work. So 800-259-9231 is the number. We are continuing here with uh, yet another guest. They just keep coming through the door, which is a good thing because there's a lot going on here, a lot of people to talk to, and so plenty of stuff to fill three hours of show with. We're here with Mark Stevens. Uh, for the first time, meeting you in person, Mark, it's an absolute pleasure, and you are, you're kind of a hero of mine. I certainly am a fan of your book, Adventures in Legal Land. Uh, we've, uh, we've had you on the show by phone in the past, but welcome to Free Talk Live. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. You not only are an author, but you're also a podcast host on your own. You do uh, the No State Project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, of course, take that. From the Free State Project. That's all right. Well, clever name. Borrow from the best, as they say. Yeah, uh, I, actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought up. Uh, I'm going to be on Liberty News Radio starting March 21st. So finally, the tech problems will be over with. Oh, great! We'll so be back on a regular basis. You're bringing the show back on a regular yeah. basis. What? Uh, how regular are we talking about? Every week, it's going to start just an hour on Saturday, more, uh, Saturday afternoon, two o'clock Central Time. But I'm sure we're going to. I'm sure we're going <laughs> to. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, we're going to pick up the extra hour. Okay, fantastic. Well, it's good uh, because we want to get you back on the Liberty Radio Network. Uh, as you know, we launched a streaming audio channel, LibertyRadioNetwork.com, and I plugged you, I plugged you in there, and uh, we would love to have you back on board on a weekly basis because I know people like to hear what you have to say. Now, what is uh, for our listeners that don't know? I mean, we pick up new ones all the time. What's Adventures in Legal Land? That's your that's your current book. I know you're working another one. We'll get to that. But what's Adventures in Legal Land? Adventures in Legal Land was a result of. I was just going to sell a script, which I normally sell. And it just grew from that because if you ask certain questions, yeah, it's effective, but people should know why they're asking the questions. So it was based on what I did in court to show that all of it was just a, you know, a sham. And it really is an eye-opener. I've read it twice. This is a book that, I, as, I, as have I, and I probably need to read it again, but it really was an eye-opener because it shows the, the so-called justice system for what it really is. And it really is nothing more than a, a kind of a window dressing uh, for violence. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a gigantic distraction from what's really going on, and that is men and women calling themselves government are ex- essentially extracting money and obedience from the rest of us. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> and and the, some of the questions that you ask, again, you say you've got some scripts available, uh, but you, you put a lot of the questions in the book, and you show how people can basically, with the right questions and with the right judge that's going to allow you to ask the questions, you can, uh, you can essentially put them, box them into a corner where they look real bad no matter what it is that they do. Right, and even if they don't allow the questions to be asked, it's a denial of cross-examination, and the Supreme Court has said denial of cross-examination without waiver is a constitutional error of the matter. <laughs> the so, first you, magnitude. so you could appeal on it. Right, so it doesn't matter. In, most, in, in almost every case where they've denied cross that it has been appealed, they has, it has been thrown out. So, but yes, typically two questions is enough to impeach a police officer and have his testimony thrown out and case thrown. What kind of cases do you generally handle? I mean, it's predominantly tax and traffic. 
Yeah. I do help people with drug cases. We have somebody in, co- in uh, Colorado. But you're not helping Paul. violent offenders. No, I don't help people that have hurt other people. Yeah. The sure. only time is if, if someone has made a, an illegal lane change and hurt somebody, as long as the victim has been made whole, then I'll help them. But if they've purposely hurt somebody and haven't made them whole, then of yeah. course not. And those are usually calls I get from agents anyway that are just trying to entrap me into practicing law without a license. Mm. It's pretty transparent. So... So you, you've written the book, Adventures in Legal Land. Your website's adventuresinlegalland.com. You launched the No State Project a couple of years ago at this point? It's yeah, it's actually markstevens.net now. It's not Adventures Oh, you know what? Thank you for that. Because I I, that reminds me, I actually went there earlier today, and I thought, oh, my gosh, Mark's website's down, and he's going to be on the air with us tonight. And I'm glad you brought that up because I spaced out on that. It, yeah, it's easier, markstevens.net. Mark with a C. C. MarkStevens.net. So is it essentially the same site? Oh, it's a, all the same content. It's just a different name. Okay, very good. So MarkStevens.net. That reminds me of to update my links. Okay, so uh, so over at MarkStevens.net, you've got the No State Project. Now, what was it that inspired you to start doing your own podcast? Well, I was doing a lot of shows as a guest. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're a guest, you're not driving the show. Right. It's going to be based on what the host and the host is not as, as gracious as you, right? <laughs> <laughs> where you're able to talk about these things. Usually, like, when I did the show with you the first time, you hit me with the anarchy question. Now, typically, that's a problem because they just want to make you look bad in front of the audience. That mm-hmm. wasn't your intent, and uh, so you. But when I've done other shows, yeah, you don't get an opportunity to really explain what anarchy is because they'll cut you off and start screaming, like what happened to me on oh Coast to Coast. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted the opportunity, and it was grateful for the opportunity to be able to do the show where I was controlling the content and to give people an opportunity to call and talk about these things where they can't speak to Just How many other shows except for this one really are there where you can speak about no government? Well, Stefan's here. Stefan Molnieu <laughs> is here uh, from freedomainradio.com. But besides the, the three of us, there really aren't too many other shows out no, there not. that are really coming at, the, at things from a true pro-liberty perspective. And, uh, and and so any, anyway, it's great to hear that you're coming back uh, on the air. And so markstevens.net, the place for people to go. Now, there's another book you're working on, and you mentioned it to me. We talked via email. Uh, what can you? What kind of information can you release to our listeners about that? Do you have a title yet? Give us, give us a tickle close? here. All right, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give Tantalize. you a title. It's called Government Indicted. Ooh. And this and so it's not just self-help where people can learn how to deal with bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. I, I shied away from that the first time, but this time I don't care. And it's, more comprehensive. <laughs> and it's more comprehensive where it, people have said to me for, since I released the book, when's the Canadian version coming out? Mm. When is the Australian one? So I have a, an extensive cross-reference to, you know, for all the things that I discussed in Adventures and more, the cross-reference for Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and England. So when you say cross-reference, when you're referencing ideas in the book about how to handle bureaucrats, questions to ask... And the and the laws that kind of uh, back you up, the Supreme Court decisions, that kind of thing. Right. You're, you've essentially dug around and you found similar decisions in these other places, in these other right. so-called jurisdictions? Right. So instead of using Allen versus Wright from the United States, you can use Entick, Entick versus Carrington from the U.K., which applies in Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Because States a lot the of the thing. Western law is very similar. It's just that the case law, the actual case names are different. Right. The, the public relations is pretty much the same, it, 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 that we're a group of, you know, Benevolent protectors of life, liberty, property, and, and do what we say, or kill you. Yeah, do we, <laughs> exactly. Pay or get shot. Right. So it's all. It's the same wherever you go. It's just uh, some of the phrases are different. Canada, Australia, they're barristers instead of uh, blood-sucking attorneys. What are you going to be talking about tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. or 9? Is it 9:30? I hope it's 9:30. Uh, it's called delusions and how they run our lives. Really? 
And we had an interesting conversation on the plane today, and some people turning around with that, well, WTF look. Right? <laughs> You're shocking their paradigms. Their... Yeah, that shock, one of the delusions is that the police and the government are there to protect you, and yeah. that's something that people will, you know, no matter how clear you make it that it's not your opinion it's not ian's you know it's not mark's opinion not my opinion that's just the law uh, they'll still fight you well we can't have government because who will protect us well you're not being protected by government right. now they have no obligation that's one of the things that i really took away from your first book adventures in legal land is you made the case crystal clear you cited multiple supreme court cases where the supreme court has said over and over again there is no obligation to protect. In fact, there's not even obligation to provide you with the most basic rudimentary of services. Right. Right. And Bowers versus Vito is the, one of the cases that I quote there, and they, that they make it very clear. They're not there to protect you. And a recent case in California where a young girl was killed by a serial rapist who was released by accident, the family was not able to sue because they said, look, the police and the government are not here to protect you anyway, so... Too bad. you got to pay for them anyway, though, huh? Yeah. Hey, well, pay or get shot as you... <laughs> Mark, always good having you on the show. I want to thank you for coming by Free Talk Live. And if we get a chance, we might catch up with you a little bit later on. Great. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be on again. Thank you. Thank we'll you. see you tomorrow morning. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier, as have done hundreds of our listeners. They've been contributing as little as $3 a month to the show. So it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when you get hundreds of people doing $3 a month, it does start to add up. So you can be a part of that. Our amplifiers help us get this show out onto more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that sounds good to you and you want to get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, you should go to amp.freetalklive.com. We're going to continue with some guests here in a moment, but first let's talk to Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, hey. Jeremy. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you on my landline, though. I sound different. Uh, no, nope. same. Not really. <laughs> oh, no. Damn it, man. I thought there was a difference. I think you got some fans here, Jeremy. Yeah, there are definitely some Jeremy fans in the house. All right, on. You just, you just got a woo and applause. That's hey, great. What's on well, your mind? Well, I wanted here? to talk about something. That's Hello? why you were here. Well, we're right I, here wanted, dude. I wanted to talk about a buffalo hunt I went on. Really? Okay. Five once? Yeah, and uh, like three of us went in on this big ass buffalo, mm -hmm. and now we're all eating organic buffalo instead of the crap from the store. All right. Now I've got to know what's the difference between an organic buffalo and an inorganic buffalo? How does that work? Well, these buffaloes are always raised on grass and hay and never in feedlots. They've never been shot full of hormones or antibiotics or nothing like that. They were now, left free those, to roam on those, the land. They're not made out of carbon either. Jeremy, is this one of those canned hunts where they let the buffalo out and you kind of, it's in a pen and you can just shoot it? Or are there actually places where buffalo live that you well, can just go in and hunt them? Ian, it's not really a buffalo hunt per se but there's this rancher with all this land and he throws this deal like once a year he gets too many cows and then uh he advertises them in what we call the mountain trader like the nickel paper yeah. or whatever and uh 
you go out there and you shoot it, and you help skin it and gut it, and then you take it to your favorite processor, and then you bring it home. That sounds like a blast. Jeremy, thanks for the call. <laughs> oh, was... Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. Nothing better than gutting animals. Can you imagine there's more? <laughs> that buffalo has more organs than, like, you and I weigh together. I it's can a, only imagine. Must be like 400 pounds of just stinky, visceral crap. Somebody <laughs> likes to do it, and I'm glad that somebody is. I, you know, I just I really would like to appreciate everybody that uh, works at slaughterhouses that provides us with wonderful meat to eat and does all the dirty, doing all the dirty work for us, so we don't have to do that stuff. Yeah, Thank I remember that, there was the uh, Kevin Spacey movie out where uh, you know he was a slaughter guy, but uh, he decided to be a vegetarian as a result. Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. We're live from the 2009 Liberty Forum, and we have yet another one of the guest speakers with us. His name is Tom Mullen. Tom, welcome to Free Talk Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So, TomMullen.net is your website. I'm looking at your business card here. It says, uh, get your copy of A Return to Common Sense, Reawakening Liberty in the Inhabitants of America. Boy, isn't that something that we'd all like to be a part of, that we would all like to see happen? Absolutely. So that's presumably what the book's about. How's it going to happen? I mean, what, what's your vision? How do you see Americans reawakening to the ideas of freedom? Well, uh, the idea behind the book uh, and the reason that I wrote it was to really rediscover what liberty is. I, I, I took the assumption that the vast majority of people in our country have never been taught what that word really means. But I was told that that's what we had. Yeah, we do have liberty. Up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the land of the free. Everyone, you know, cheers when uh, the singer gets to the land of the free. Everyone yells and screams. But the word liberty has to mean something more than the words New York Rangers or, or it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And and that's really what the, the approach I took. And I went right back to uh, to John Locke and, and Jefferson and Adams, the, the real uh, intellectual and mm -hmm. philosophical uh, giants behind uh, the American Revolution and um, and tried to go from the ground up. The first chapter of the book is what is freedom, and the chapter tries to answer that question. And uh, I, I would say that also, probably the main focus of the book is to to reinsert the idea of property rights into the center of the idea of liberty, because that's where it was. And I think that that there's probably a misconception or, or maybe more of a, uh, a trained reaction that when you say the word property, someone thinks Republican, the wealthy. Mm -hmm. And I get down to the idea of property and, again, go back to Locke and rely heavily on that because that's where our founders drew their philosophy uh, about property being the fruit of your labor and, and the unalienable right that everyone has to the product of their work, whether it's a great amount or a small amount, 100% of it should be theirs, and, and they should only... If you only... own yourself, then whatever it is that you create with your efforts should be yours. Correct. But it's not that way. Yeah, and, and I think that that idea has been scrubbed out. I mean, even with, um, you know, uh, popular movies. I watched the John Adams series, and I yeah. watched all of those uh, segments uh, that I think were based on the book by uh, McCullough, I'm not sure. And I never heard the word property once that I can remember. And to not hear it, and then they go back and read the founders and hear how much they talked about it, it's just startling. It almost seems like it can't be an accident. It's become a dirty word. 
Yeah, I, I, I do like to watch those historical movies and those kind of things, but they really do uh, eviscerate you know, the philosophy, the, the Lockean philosophy of the founders. Yeah, I would say. And, and I think that the, the, to some extent we've all kind of, you know, the, the sex is no longer a dirty word, but property is. And that's, you know, another little uh, sound bite, I guess, that has been running through my mind. It pretty much turned out that way in the Soviet Union when they, when they turned red. You know, the, the women were, you know, left to do what you want, ladies. And, of course, property was eliminated. Yes. So, Tom, uh, how did you end up getting this uh, speaking gig at the, the free st- at the Free State Project Liberty Forum? Are you a free stater? Uh, how did that work out for you? Uh, no, I, I do. Um, I, I write my own blog, and I and I write blogs for uh, Break the Matrix, uh, the oh, okay. uh, the media site. And um, somehow or other, I got in touch with uh, Chris Lawless, who mm-hmm. was here earlier. I, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember at this point. I got a lot of engagements coming up at campuses. In fact, I'm going on Sunday over to uh, to Dartmouth since I'm up here. Sure. And um, somehow or other, he and I started exchanging emails, and here I am. Well, welcome. Uh, is this your first time up here in New Hampshire? Yeah, I believe it is. I think I've driven through New Hampshire before, but I don't think I've ever gotten you know, out. out of the car. Now, <laughs> how long have you been involved in the liberty movement? Well, um, I, I, I'm, I kind of separated from my upbringing somewhere in the mid-90s where I started to realize that, uh, that um, just about everything I had been taught, including in college about economics, was probably wrong. Mm. And um, I remember that the, the thing I can remember, because I can't remember like the day sure. that I said, ah, you know, but I remember that in the 90s, I voted for Ross Perot. And that was kind of a middle move away mm-hmm. from <laughs> Republicans and Democrats. Then he, he looking back, he wouldn't have been great for us, but uh, he was better than the other two. Uh, and I also really uh, locked second treatise that turned me on in college. And I really just thought it was the greatest piece of writing I had ever read. I didn't put it together in the 80s that I loved everything he said, but everything about our society was, you know, against it. I I didn't get that yet. So it took some time into the 90s where where that uh, came about. And then I kind of of became a cynic. I, I, I had that attitude, like I think a lot of people do, like I'm not interested in politics. They're not doing anything for us. If yep. we ignore them, maybe they'll go away. I right. don't know. You know, well, they I, aren't I doing anything for us, and you can't ignore them either. Right. Right. I stopped listening to them for a while because I got tired of being lied to. I, like, why, why should I listen to these people on the news and listen to their blather? I, I just don't need this in my life, and I tuned out at some point, too. So we're, we're kind of short on time, but, but I was just curious. I mean, you mentioned that you've been involved for a while now. You've come to the ideas of liberty. In all your travels, uh, speaking and doing various different things, from, uh, again, your website, by the way, TomMullen.net. Tom, what do you think about what you've experienced so far here today at the Free State Project Liberty Forum? Have you ever done, experienced anything like this? No, I, I really haven't. And this is really the first conference-style uh, event that I've been to, and it's, it's encouraging to see the room filled up and, and uh, you guys here and things going on. I think if you would have done this three or four years ago, maybe you'd... You'd have a handful of people, but but yep, I that's think true. yeah. Um, well, maybe you did do it three or four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> this is the third one, and actually the first one was you know pretty good, but it's gotten better and better year after year, and more activists are coming here. They're moving in to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. This great movement of as many liberty-loving people as possible coming and converging their activism in one place. And we're glad to have you here, and uh, good luck with your your speech. Was it Sunday? Are you on Sunday? I'm on tomorrow at 2.45. Saturday at 2.45. Tomorrow tomorrow is Saturday. I don't even know what day it is. Thanks, Tom, uh, for coming on the show.
show tonight on Free Talk Live. Hour number three is right. coming up. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can, as always, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Now, the show is on, on location, which is a little unusual. Uh, normally, we are broadcasting from our wonderful studios in Keene, New Hampshire. Today, we are in Nashua at the Crown Plaza Hotel for the 2009 Liberty Forum. We've been talking about it uh, as of last night. We started doing the show here last night. We'll be live again uh, tomorrow night for our live Saturday show. There are a lot of people to talk to, lots of great guest speakers that are going to be sitting in talking to us. Uh, and so whenever we can, we're going to sneak in some phone calls from you. We're going to start things out this hour, and then we'll talk to Stefan Molnu in a moment. First, let's talk to Josh in Kentucky. Josh, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Josh? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I just wanted to call in and praise of Watchmen, the movie that came out today. Oh, um, yeah, The Watchmen. A lot of the people around here are pretty excited about that. I don't know if they ended up doing... I think they were going to have a, a field trip to go see The Watchmen. I don't know if it actually ended up happening today or not. Dale, did you guys go on your field trip to, the, to see The Watchmen today? They're still planning that, so if you can get up here uh, for the Liberty Forum, you can go see it with some of the free staters up here. But uh, what did you like about it? Well, it stayed very true to the original comic. and uh, I, I heard I mean, so, slavishly so. Uh, there were a few differences, but you know nothing very major. So uh, it was just—it was a really good experience. And if you guys have seen The Dark Knight, I would say that it was better than The Dark Knight, and that's one of wow. my favorite movies. Okay. Yeah, I, I did enjoy The Dark Knight. So I'll take that uh, that recommendation. Anything else on your mind tonight, Josh? No, that's it. Just uh, go out and see it if you can. Will do. Thank you for the call tonight. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Joining us here in the plush studio provided by the Crown Plaza Hotel here in Nashua is a man who has driven a, a bit of a, an international distance to come. Did you drive or fly? Stefan Molnew joins us from freedomainradio.com. Uh, we drove uh, from uh, Mississauga, Ontario, which is about nine hours uh, if you don't have a baby in the car, and if you do, uh, it's about three, three days. weeks. It, it just all blurred, so we had a very exciting time. And we didn't have any papers for our daughter to come, because she's so new. Really? She's uh, just uh, 11 weeks. So. She could be a terrorist. I mean, she could they, be. Uh, they she, let you um, in this country? Fortunately, she didn't make a lot of sounds in the trunk, and that's nice. Um, <laughs> nice. But uh, So we, we just talked our way across and, uh, and drove in. But, yeah, it was, it was a long drive. We didn't get in until 4.30 this morning, so uh, wow. it was uh, quite nice. Well, welcome to uh, New Hampshire. Is it your first time in New Hampshire? You know, it is my first. It, no, we went. Is Troy in New Hampshire? Troy. Troy, 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 New York. There's a Troy, New York. Troy, New York. There's both. Oh, okay. Well, I've been to Troy somewhere near okay. here. Maybe. <laughs> in Minnesota, but I, this is the first conscious time that I know I'm in New Hampshire. So how does, does that You know, Mark, if you were king, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, right? I, this is my thing, Stefan. If I were king, <laughs> Go on. it would be, I would, be, the immediate edict would be that all towns, and there would only be allowed to be one name per town. So there would be no Troy, New Hampshire, and Troy, New York, and Venice, Italy, and Venice, Florida, and Venice, California. I find this reprehensible that there's a Manhattan, uh, Texas. Right, and there's a Paris, Texas, so you right. could do that internationally. You could have a fantastic cage match, which the winning town in some horrendous gladiatorial combat would keep the name, and the other one would have to change. I'm going to have to put you, make you the chancellor in charge of this. <laughs> 
clearly you've seen my resume. <laughs> so, Stefan, you've been on the show before. We've had you on as a guest on the phone lines. It's great to finally meet you in nice person to meet you here, too. especially to have you here at the 2009 Liberty Forum, which is, is this an amazing event or what? Oh, it's, it's wonderful. It's uh, just fantastic to meet uh, people where I don't have to spend my entire time biting my tongue <laughs> and pretending that I don't believe what I believe. So it's really, really there, nice. There may actually be somebody here that's more radical than you, Stefan. It's, it's possible. I, I'm not sure. I think, yes, but it's one of my own hand puppets. So <laughs> I think... Uh, now, you host a show called Freedom Main Radio, and uh, freedomainradio.com is the place to go for that. And wh for listeners that are not familiar, what is it? Well, it's a show, uh, I mean, I, I deal with politics and economics, and that's sort of where I started, but I, my sort of background training, educational training, is in philosophy, so I really work from first principles and try and cover as much as possible. Some might say, eh, too much, but uh, I try to cover as much as possible, so it is a show that, yeah, every, it's a show that really tries to, to run the gamut and takes first principles and applies them to as many situations in life as possible because, you know, we do more than oppose the state, right? We also try to live with freedom and voluntarism within our own life. So uh, I try to apply those principles to that. It's a series of podcasts uh, and books and videos and so on. It's all free and it's supported by people who... Uh, send in money because they like what I'm doing, and that's... The, and there's a lot of them. That's the business model, if you want to yeah. call it that. So you are actually managing to support yourself from simply doing free domain radio and... And donating blood, and lots of it. <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, I used to be a lot bigger. <laughs> and have hair. Um, wow. You, have you considered stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> I think as a stand-up, I make a good, good philosopher. But no, it, it's, it's listener-supported, um, But uh, and I, I had a real job. I used to be a software yeah. guy, and uh, I left that about a year and a half ago and uh, have build, been building it up since then. And it's, I think that's great. I yeah, mean, there are too many people that can, can claim that as far as that they've actually had success, financial success, with their podcast, I mean, for most people, it's a it's a hobby, and it's a hobby it's that they beer get money, tired. Right, a lot of people get like beer money from it if they yeah. get anything. Right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And right. I mean, I've had some people have said you know should advertise and stuff like that, but I mean, I really really like I love your business model too, but mine is like really direct connection to the listeners. Like, sure. I really just want to just hang off their every word without anybody else having any kind of say in it. So that's a really interesting way to to approach that kind of community. All right, so here's my question for you. There has been some controversy recently uh, as, uh, with Free, Free Domain Radio that I wish we could generate for our show. So maybe you could tell us how to do it. How can, how can we be accused of being cult leaders and have international uh, headlines generated about us? I mean, okay, everybody, you, off with your pants now. <laughs> you've had tremendous I mean, exposure. I've started it, so sorry. You've had tremendous uh, international exposure recently. I mean, it's been negative, but it's, it's something, and, and it, yeah. it, it gets you more listeners, right? Well, I mean, it, it got kind of nutty. Um, I mean, they, 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 I got calls from, like, Good Morning America to come on and stuff really? like that. Like this, it got and I didn't take any of that stuff because it's just a hatchet job. Um, you know, there's 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 two ways. I mean, a lot of people talk about ideas and abstract stuff. You know, mm -hmm. and and it's all important to know and to understand. Oppose the Fed and understand economics and, and to understand the state and statism is violence. There's another area that uh, I talk about, which is the family, which is. A little volatile for some people, right? Can because, you sum it up for, for yeah, us? Yeah, well, the non-aggression principle, which is something that we all hold to be pretty sacrosanct, it is our really first and only commandment, right? Non-aggression no property harm. rights. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, as a philosopher, I mean, if I were an economist, I wouldn't talk about this, but as a philosopher, the non-aggression principle to me is a universal, and it doesn't stop at the family home, right? So if there's aggression within the family, then I believe that the non-aggression uh, principle applies to that. Absolutely. I'm against spanking myself. I think that's, uh, I think that's outrageously violent. Unless adults, you know, or goats and baby well, oil, that's, right. that's I'm a good on thing, kids. Right? right. 
But, uh, and that's, that's volatile for some people. And because that's something which is an open topic within the show, it's not something I pursue. But if people want to talk mm -hmm. about it, then if that topic comes up, I'm going to apply the principles that I consider to be universal. I can't create a big void where I don't go there with these principles. Right? So you're basically coming up against uh, a group of people who believe that they can do whatever they want within the confines of their home as far as if their kids act out, they can, they can act, enact whatever sort of uh, punishment upon them. That's what you've, you're, you've come up against. And it's so widely spread in this country. We've talked about spanking on this show before. Yeah. It's something that uh, Mark and I disagree on. Uh, and I'll go, I'll go all the way to the, uh, the end and say, you know, this is violence. You're teaching your kids that violence solves problems. And I think that it's an awful thing to do. But the reality is, at least here in America, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but in, in America, spanking is, is quite prevalent. And so yeah. if you're to come out against spanking, I mean, let alone all the other things that, you know, the, the stay away from being violent towards your children. If you just come out even against spanking, people get very upset. So I, I can only imagine what you've been having to deal with. Yeah, it is, it is a very controversial topic. Uh, and and the, the, the actual event or, or conversation which sparked the controversy was not spanking, but much more brutal, uh, yeah. uh, brutal attacks upon And making child. excuses, somebody making excuses uh, for those attacks, right? Well, yeah, I mean, what, what did I say? I said to this, this poor young man uh, who had uh, experienced a huge amount of physical uh, terrorization from his family, I didn't say leave your family. It's, who, who could make that decision for anyone? All I did was simply remind him that, the, that what he suffered was immoral, which according to the non-aggression principle it is, because yeah. this was not spanking, right? I mean... And also that his relations, he was an adult, and his relation, he was in therapy, he's talking to a therapist, so I just said, your relations with your family are voluntary, and that's actually legally true. I'm not saying anything that's false, right? And then he, in a consultation with his therapist, decided to take a break from his family. His mom's a politician. She got all thundery with the media, and, ah. you know, they got all kind of nuts. And Gotcha. Yeah, so... It all falls into place. Yeah. Stefan, can we hold you through for another second? Yeah, it's, all right. it's useful to you. Yes, absolutely. It's great having you here. Uh, Stefan Molnieu is with us from Three Domain Radio. He is going to be the closing speaker, so get on up here for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. You've got to the very end, because he's going to be at the very end, and it will be worth the wait. 800-259-9231 is the number. You can join us and bring up whatever you want more in moments here with Stefan Molnieu, and this is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. We are live on location at the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, brought to you by the Free State Project. Free State Project is your best chance to achieve liberty in your lifetime. You can head over to freestateproject.org to learn more about it, get signed up, and then get planning to move to New Hampshire. Get here as soon as you possibly can. You don't want to miss out on this. I was uh, talking with, or not talking with, but I was reading some posts on the Freekeen forum over at freekeen.com where one of the more recent movers was echoing some sentiments that I have uh, in my own life, and that is that the only thing he regrets about moving to New Hampshire is that he didn't do it years ago. Uh, it's so great to be here, surrounded by like-minded people, and that's what we're doing this weekend. We're spending the entire weekend here in Nashua, New Hampshire, at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. And it's the third one, and it just keeps getting bigger. It just keeps getting better, with brand new faces showing up every single year, new people moving in every single month, and it just is just amazing. And it's such a great group of people. We're surrounded by them right now. Uh, Dr. Mary Ruart is going to be joining us here in a little bit. We've got Stefan Molyneux still with us here, and Stefan, you're the host of Freedom Freedomain uh, Radio, which you can download and listen to and watch, actually, which uh, is all available for you free at freedomainradio.com. I want to pause our conversation for a phone call, and uh, we're going to talk to Enemy of the State in Michigan. You are on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. 
I'm uh, yeah, following that? up on a call from the other night when we went into the uh, the uh, legitimacy of voting conversation. Yes, yes. sir. Okay. So uh, I want to catch up on a few points that uh, that I missed or I picked up on after Ian cut me off. Uh, one was that, Ian, I didn't realize that... Um, this is after a lengthy conversation cut him off, right? <laughs> Go ahead there. After I got a, like, a couple of words in, and then you dropped me and kept talking. Um, but the point is, Ian... One of the things, uh, and I will concede, that I didn't realize that you, for example, didn't vote in the presidential election. You were talking about voting for people in your local election that you um, thought would do no one, no one else harm, right? That's correct. We were talking about how voting is, is it can be done in a defensive way if what you're dealing with is a candidate that actually is principled. I mean, if you've got a, you know, you've got a voluntarist that has decided to, I know it seems contradictory, but if they've decided to run for political office, then I do not feel as though I'm doing anything that puts my neighbors or myself in any jeopardy by, uh, by checking a box on a piece of paper uh, to endorse that person's particular viewpoint. Right. And I would like to point out that, um, that a statist doesn't feel that they're harming others by, by voting for their candidate either, but we'll kind of let that go for the moment. Um, but the main thing I wanted to go after here was that you guys uh, beat up on Kurt and myself and a couple of other callers. Disagreeing uh, is not beating up. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's this. There, here's, a, here's the, div the divide here. It's pragmatism versus ideas. Okay. Now, a guy like me is is uh, is a theorist, one who believes in ideas. That ideas actually change the world. And, and a pragmatist doesn't have an awful lot of respect for ideas because, just as both of you brought up to me, well, what are your ideas going to do to change anything? You're not doing anything. And, 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 and Ian started jumping on me with the whole, you're paying your taxes, therefore you're just buying in thing. That's, that's, that's not a fair argument. You know, okay. I would contend that, um, that ideas do change the world, absolutely, but they, them in and of themselves don't change the world. You have to promote people, them. And people have to do, you know, do things, whether it's promotion of those ideas or you know, in some way enacting those ideas. So I think that there's, there's an action component to ideas. Like you can't just sit there in Michigan and think about uh, how freedom's really great and it's going to change the world, right? Sure. Probably tell some people about it. Sure, but without respect for ideas or for theory in general, you're really just a bundle of opinions reacting to events that occur around you. I mean, I can, as, a, as someone who holds to principle and of the idea of voting and whether it's right or wrong, when you guys, you know, when you're really closely aligned with me and you're trying to vote for someone who will, you know, like a Ron Paul or, or um, the other guy you mentioned, I can't remember his name, but I, I imagine he's pretty well Swearingen, we had him earlier. Yeah. yeah, the president of the Free State Project. He ran in Keene for a state rep position, and I know Varon. Uh, I know he is a voluntarist. You know, a voluntarist through and through. I felt no compunction whatsoever with voting for him, but yet you're saying that's somehow an endorsement of violence, and I no, can't say I no, agree. No, that's not true, Ian. That's not what I'm saying. What are you saying, then? Uh, you and I is? are on the same team here, okay? Yes. <laughs> so so I will respect your choice and and um, will uh, will not, like, tell you that you have done total wrong against me for voting for him, okay? So um, what's your point tonight? Go ahead. The point is that when you guys attack people who say that, that voting is participating in the system and that in 
idealistically, in theory, it's a bad idea. That's 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 a you're you're attacking your own team and you're attacking. Well, when you use terms like attack, right? Like we're talking about ideas here, and um, you know, words transmit those ideas. The idea, uh, the, you know, that what you're putting across is that I've punched you, so, or you know, like I've, I've really attacked you. No, no, you and I have disagreed. We had a discussion, and perhaps it was a somewhat heated discussion. We, you know, kick a little sand here and there, and, and it, it makes oh, the radio, fine. it makes it interesting, and then people get to hear your side and our side. That's fine. And we it can makes, dust it, it up a little bit. It's an interesting exchange. That's fine. We can dust it up a little bit. But the point that you brought up that you went after me at on, um, on if I pay property taxes, I submit to the system, and therefore, uh, you know, we're all... empowering them. Huh? If, you, if you're paying them, you're empowering them, aren't you? Yes. Isn't paying them a little bit more empowering than Absolutely. checking a box I on a agree. piece of paper? Well, I thank agree. you for the call tonight, Enemy of the State. Always good hearing from you. Stefan, you've pretty much absorbed that whole conversation. Your thoughts? Oh, hang on a second. There's your mic. Try again. I think that um, we have to remember that the primary division between violence and voluntarism is not between whether we should vote defensively or not vote at all, but the entire system as a whole, right? And we don't want to get lost in these quicksand of little debates within ourselves and should I do this and should I do that. The primary enemy are the people who believe that voting is a, in using force is a proactive and positive way to achieve a good within society mm, yeah. rather than those who want to use it defensively to reduce violence within society, right? So I just think this voting debate within the minarchist or voluntarist community is a bit of a red herring. I think we really need to just remember that we are opposing those who think that voting and violence and statism is a virtuous and great way to organize society and not whether we should use it defensively or not use it at all. And I, I, I would also contend that voting is a statistically insignificant act. Um, like you're, you're not, when you're, you're one of millions of people in some states uh, voting for president, you're really your vote doesn't count because the only one person's vote count, the one that made it one more than a tie. And uh, you don't spend more time debating voting than you spend voting. You know, that, yeah. that's right. really, again, given the statistical insignificance of what you're doing, there are many, many more important things. And rather than, you know, fighting amongst yourselves, again, you know, go and, and talk to people who are really on the opposite side of the fence rather than dicking around with the stuff that we do on this side of the fence. I think you're absolutely right, and it's a brilliant way to wrap up that entire call. And it, what it was originally was a call where he had called to, I guess, kind of convert us to the non-voting camp. And, I, and I'm completely with you, uh, Mark, as you said, it's, it's relatively insignificant in, in most cases. It can be done on in defensive purposes, and if you're not endorsing a tyrant, then you should be able to feel okay with yourself. As long as you feel all right about what you're doing, then you shouldn't worry too much about it, I don't think. you got about 15 seconds to tickle what you're going to talk about here, Stefan. I'm going to make uh, a, a, a speech called uh, the Against Me Argument, which I've been working on for about a year, a year and a half. It's a way to win any political debate in two minutes or less. I love no it. facts. It's beautiful. It. Coming up Sunday, you can be here for it with Stefan Molnieu here at the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Thank uh, you, Stephane. guys. Nice to see you. More on the way with Dr. Mary Ruard in moments. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak in here in the remaining moments of the show. I actually still have a half an hour left, but we're going to spend a lot of time with our final guest for the evening. We're live from the 2009 Liberty Forum. The hotel here in Nashua, New Hampshire is packed. There are so many people out and about enjoying one another's company, hundreds of liberty-loving individuals all together enjoying each other, um, meeting and socializing and networking and having dinners and 
uh, speeches, panel discussions. It is such a great event. Uh, it's the third one, the 2009 Liberty Forum. Always a pleasure to be here. We've been here from the very beginning, and we, uh, it's always great to bring this to you, uh, to bring you these interviews and to bring you these interesting people. These are people that are making a difference. These are people that are helping advance liberty in our lifetime. And one of my heroes, uh, one of the ladies that I think has done a, a whole lot to advance freedom in our lifetime is Dr. Mary Ruart. She is here with us in the uh, beautiful studios here in the Crown Plaza Hotel. Do- should I call you Dr. Ruart or can I call you Mary? Please call me Mary. All right, Mary. Well, it's good to have you on Free Talk Live. We had you on during your uh, during the presidential campaign l- yes. last year in hopes that you would actually end up being the Libertarian Party's presidential candidate instead of the guy that ended up uh, in the in that role instead of you. Because you are kind of a libertarian in the, oh, I don't know, would it be fair to say in the vein of Harry Brown? That would be fair, yes. Uh, a Harry Brown libertarian. Uh, he's some, he's the, uh, the man responsible for bringing me into the movement, but it was shortly after finding Harry's book, Why Government Doesn't Work, I discovered your book, which is an, an amazing book. It's the number one book I recommend to people that, that are new to the ideas of freedom. It's healing our world, and it's fantastic. And people can actually go and read it free over at your website, ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T.com. Now, it's the 90s edition, but it's still chock full of useful information. That's right. It gives people an opportunity to preview the book. If they like it, they can buy the 2003 edition. I did that. Um, I, I, you know, I read a little bit. I knew about it. And then uh, there was some drive on Amazon to push your book up to number one. And I participated because I thought that'd be a great idea. And so I, that's how I got it. Now, I can see people running in here holding copies of your book. I presume you've been doing some autographing tonight? I have. I think I've just about sold out. I think there may be one left on the table. Now, uh, Mary, you've been involved with the libertarian movement for a long time. How long? When did you get brought in here, and what was that process like for you? Well, I was actually became a libertarian or objectivist uh, thinking person in college, which was in the uh, late 60s. I'm dating myself terribly <laughs> here. <laughs> and I got active in the party. In the early 80s, I actually think I joined before then because I saw an ad in Reason magazine, but unfortunately, there was no action where I was. It wasn't until I got to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and then I saw an ad in the paper for a Libertarian Party meeting, and I went. The lady who was in charge was very much into discussion of philosophy, mm-hmm. and we, we did that for several months, and then November came, or got close to November, and she said, why don't you run as a Libertarian for county commissioner? They never have any debates or anything. You can be a paper candidate. Of course, that was the year they started having, having debates. debates. Uh. <laughs> and so I, I, uh, I had my trial by fire. Wow. So you've uh, been around. You've seen a lot of changes in the libertarian movement over time. Obviously, the, it, the libertarian party has kind of gone off a cliff towards being diluted and more statist over time. And it's kind of a sad, it's a sad story. And we, we don't need to go into their obituary here tonight. Uh, we actually had a funeral for the Libertarian Party earlier uh, last year here in, in New Hampshire. But having been around for a while, having probably been to countless conventions, uh, whether it's the Libertarian Party or the Advocates for Self-Government, who you're also involved with, a great group, theadvocates.org. In fact, their, their newsletter that comes out has a, a, a bi-weekly feature with you, uh, it, it, the uh, short questions, short, excuse me, short answers to tough questions yes that's right which you've also turned into a book and you can order that through the advocates so you've been to a lot of conventions you've been around uh, many gatherings of liberty oriented people and I don't know, how long have you been here today? Did you arrive today in New Hampshire? Uh, I, arrived, uh, see, I arrived yesterday about 11.30 p.m. because my flight, uh, I guess my original plane got struck by lightning. So oh my I gosh. had a very exciting day. Yes, I, I got here kind of late. 
But, but you were here today. I was here and all day today. You've been experiencing the Liberty Forum for the first time, because I don't think you've been up here for any Free State Project events before. I don't think so. First impressions? Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, the group is very uh, animated and active and excited about hearing the speakers and speaking up. I mean, I hear, I hear what I feel is very honest feedback from the people here. Do you, do you feel like this is, I mean, has there ever been anything in your experience that has come close to this as far as other libertarian stuff going on out there? Is it, any other convention had this, the same vibe? I mean, I've been to a couple of them myself, and nothing has ever compared to this group of people and, and the, the, just the feeling that you get when you're around these, these folks. Well, I find that each group has its own, uh, own feeling, if you will, and this feeling is a fairly high-energy feeling. I've had other groups that are more, um, uh, I should say, quiet, but, but thoughtful. So it just depends on the group. And each one is precious to me because, you know, we need every piece of the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. And the more people we can get here, the, uh, the, the better, and the sooner, the better, certainly. Have you endorsed the Free State Project? I'm, I'm curious. Yes, I have. Okay, excellent. So now, that's You gave a speech this evening. Um, what was your speech on? Oh, well, I was talking about the deadly secret behind soaring pharmaceutical prices. And Ooh, course, what is the deadly secret yes. behind Because there are, they are so, soaring. It's incredible what some of these people pay for their, their medication. That's right. The, the deadly secret is over-regulation. And, of course, as libertarians, uh, just about any regulation could be defined that way. But yeah. in the pharmaceutical field, in 1962, there was a big change in the way pharmaceutical companies had to do business. And I know because... I was part of the pharmaceutical firm for what, from 95 or 75 to 95, so I saw a lot of changes that occurred because of these regulations, which are kind of gradually expanding as time goes on. And what it, what they do is they harm more people than they help. They drive up the prices. And really, when we were on the verge of having a golden age of health, they destroyed our chance at that. Yeah. And and now we're a nation of, of really. Fairly sick people. Mm -hmm. At one point, uh, the you know, medical industry was completely unregulated in the United States. I, it was in your book. I read Healing Our World. Doctors and, made house calls. Yeah, absolutely. And there were all kinds of different types of doctors. Some of them were probably quacks. But, you know, I, people got to choose who they went to and who they didn't. And um, what, what, was, what were the results of that? Well, the results were that there were many physicians, uh, I'm sorry, many, many more physicians per patient. Or, you know, so, so each physician took care of fewer patients, and they got the personal touch. Now, granted, back like in the early 1900s, we didn't have all the medical things that we have now, but, you know, in terms of pharmaceuticals and technology and everything, but there we had the special attention and care. And because the placebo effect is actually quite a strong effect. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and of course, there, there, isn't, uh, there isn't a lot of side effects from the placebo effect. So, you know, there was, there was that going for us. Now we have high technology, but we've, we've also got so much regulation that anything that makes it through that, that gate is so expensive and getting more expensive. And we wait so much longer. You know, it used to be in the, in the 60s, it took about four and a half years from, from the time a drug was discovered to the time you could get a medicine. Now it takes about 15 on average. Wow. And, How much and, does it cost? Oh, well, the cost has gone up astronomically. I mean, it's, it's 80, I think I calculated something like 80 to 85 percent of the cost of the drug that we pay for at the pharmacy is due to regulation that harms us instead of helps us. 85 percent of the drug is 
from regulation. That's correct. And it's, it's not regulation that helps us. It's regulation that harms us. And it harms us because with this big delay, people die waiting for drugs. When, when I was working in AIDS research, the AIDS patients couldn't wait. So what they did is they hired black market chemists to make the same drugs we were working on. By the time the FDA gave us permission to give them to AIDS patients to test them, every AIDS patient in the country that wanted them had already had them. Wow. And so we had to wait until new cases were diagnosed to do the tests. Incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed to know that there are black market uh, drug manufacturers out there that aren't selling drugs <laughs> that are specifically involved in altering one's state of consciousness. I didn't know that there were black market pharmaceutical makers. That's fascinating. Yes, yes. And, and I, I don't know how much it exists now because the... What, what the AIDS patients, what the AIDS population had said is that once the drugs hit the market, they wouldn't do that anymore. But I just can't imagine that that isn't continuing on at some level, especially for cancer patients. For the cancer patients through the Abigail Alliance actually went to court and found out that the court said they had no constitutional right to buy drugs before they were approved by the FDA, even after safety testing. So, you know, basically you don't have a right to save your own life. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Uh, Dr. Mary Ruart is with us here for a few more moments. Maybe you want to get a question in quickly. You might be able to do that. This is Free Talk Live, live from the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time to sneak your call in here. Uh, again, 800-259-9231. That's brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. Now, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you want to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world so they can hear great uh, guests like Dr. Mary Ruart and all the other wonderful folks we've had on here tonight, uh, as well as the regular weekday show that we do, you can help us out by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Uh, one of our listeners uh, is, is here, a lot of our listeners are here, but one of them in particular, Mark, had used some of the graphics from promote.freetalklive.com because we have vector graphics, very high-quality graphics that people can use to make their own flyers, to make their own graphics, whatever it is they want to do with them. He made a magnet for the side of his truck. You know, oh, wow. Truck, yeah, one of those colorful magnets. They are vector graphics. They can go as big as you want. Right. So he was advertising Free Talk Live, and he made his own Free Talk Live bumper stickers and apparently plastered them on the back of his moving truck as he was moving up here to New Hampshire. So. Wow. So, so do whatever you want with that stuff at promote.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is offering uh, seminars this summer for the college-age folks. There's uh, one coming up called Moral Foundations of Capitalism. It's going to be uh, checking out the discussing the ideas of thinkers such as Aristotle, Adam Smith, Ayn Rand, and Friedrich Hayek. So uh, you can just go to theihs.com and you can sign up for those uh, seminars. They, the IHS covers meals and housing and Seems like it's going to be a fun thing for a college-age student. VIHS.com. Dr. Mary Ruart is still with us here at the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. You told me during the break you're planning on staying throughout the weekend. Yes. So if people didn't get to see your speech here today, they could certainly come and bring their copy of your book and get you to autograph it if they run into you here because you're going to be out, out and about and around and uh, socializing with some of these wonderful liberty activists uh, over the weekend here. It's a great event. We're at the Crown Plaza Hotel. The details are at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. So back to uh, sort of a discussion we were having earlier. I mentioned that the Libertarian Party has just kind of been in a downward spiral for a little while. And with the recent presidential candidate that they had, 
I think that did even more damage to the term libertarian. And I'm just wondering how you feel about the term libertarian. I mean, it's something that I would have labeled myself as a long, t you know, a, a year or two ago. But now I feel kind of I feel kind of icky about it. Um, I mean, how do you, how do you feel of, about using that term? Would it would you apply it to yourself still, considering all of the other people that are obviously not libertarian that have applied it to themselves? Do you feel like it's been ruined to, to some extent? I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, I don't think it's been ruined. I guess maybe because I was I've been in the party for so long and feel like I've had a hand in building it up. I'm I'm reluctant to to say that the brand has been so damaged that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't own it. <laughs> what I'd like to do is see it return to its formal, uh, former luster, if you will, and uh, it's my intention to help do that. Great. I, I'd have to say that, I don't know if you saw Glenn Jacobs' speech earlier today, uh, but he peppered his speech with the term libertarian quite a bit, and uh, when Glenn Jacobs is up there saying libertarian and and, uh, and makes you feel better about it. Yeah, and conflating it correctly with what it's supposed to really mean, then it, it makes you feel like, well, maybe this could come back. And, you know, if we have enough big name people at applying that uh, that term to themselves accurately, then perhaps it could be rescued. Uh, it's just that when you when you see people like you know uh, who are some of the the talk show hosts, Glenn, Glenn Beck yeah. claims to be a libertarian. And Neil Bortz. Neil Bortz. You know, I don't think that either one of them are terrible representations of what per, like they have some libertarian ideas, but they're they're certainly not principled. It's it's it's. <sighs> It's frustrating to me because uh, because you want it people is frustrating. To, you want people to understand what the what the concepts are. You want them to get the non-aggression principle. You want them right. to understand that in order to be free, they have to uh, to allow their neighbors to be free. As you put yeah. it in your book, honoring our neighbors' choices. And I'm not a Republican. Please don't conflate me with them. Right. Uh, so I, I hope you can do this, uh, Mary. I hope that you can bring the term libertarian back. I, for one, I prefer the term voluntarist these days. I feel like that better accurately describes uh, my, my viewpoint, and it doesn't have any, uh, it doesn't create any preconceived notions in somebody's mind. Not that very many people even know what libertarian still means today. I feel like I feel like the, uh, the the term libertarian is still relatively unknown amongst the uh, the general population. Would you agree with that? Or? Well, let me tell you a little story that happened to me the other day. I went into the print shop in my town of Burnet, and I I was talking to the proprietor about taxes because he had given me a quote on this banner. Mm -hmm. When I picked it up, of course, it was with taxes added. And I said, oh, yeah, I forgot about the taxes. He said, oh, yeah, these taxes are bad. These income taxes are killing us. I mean, it's just a mess. And I said, yes, that's why I vote libertarian. Mm. And he said, oh, libertarian, like Ron Paul. Yeah, so I got was, it. I was, you know, you, know, you have Except to Except for the whole immigration thing. <laughs> well, well, I think you have to recognize that, you know, sometimes we hear people using libertarian and we kind of, well, you know, they're not libertarian in the sense that, that maybe our platform is, so to speak. But I think what Ron Paul did was he got the name recognition pretty much tied to most of his economic program and mm -hmm. his stance on the war and the Federal Reserve. And these are all things that most libertarians really resonate with. So, you know, there's, it's part of the evolution. You know, uh, we used to be asked, are you a librarian? <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. are you a liberal? liberal? Right. So now at least, now at least, you have to admit that when our candidates go on the air or go and get interviewed, that 
the talk show hosts know enough about our philosophy that they might say, well, but that's not a libertarian stand. Or, you know, yeah, you know, we had we had a situation where one of our candidates uh, was told that uh, maybe he needed to go back to the party and get instruction uh, so that he would learn what a libertarian was by a talk show host, you know. And nice. uh, so I think our label and our brand is out there, and I think people do know what we stand for. And if on occasion uh, we run into a person who maybe isn't quite uh, expressing our views the way we have in the past, uh, to, to recognize that at least they're talking about them. And, and there's a, I think there's a, it's going to take a lot to change our total image. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, to, to, to look on the positive side of all this, I mean, Ron Paul, 97, 98% true libertarian. I mean, he probably still is 100%, but he just kind of politically had to shy away from, I think, saying certain things during his campaign. But there's no doubt that the Ron Paul campaign has had a positive effect on this movement. There's no doubt about it. Here at this very event, or uh, actually, excuse me, he didn't make it out to the event, but one of the newer movers to the Keene area here in New Hampshire was telling me that he found the Free State Project through the Ron Paul campaign. So a lot of people did. Yeah, so, so Ron Paul bringing people through the, the front door, basically, into an area where they're going to be surrounded by the more radical uh, contingent. So... I guess, you know, even if Glenn Beck is out there using the term, using it incorrectly, just more people finding finding the term and coming to understand. He's getting better every day and every show. He is show. getting better. Uh, but, you know, more people finding the uh, the concept and, and moving even just a step closer, that's a good thing, right? Well, yeah, you know, I, I found that being a libertarian is an evolution. Sure. It and took seven years for me to get to where I am. But it, it took me a long time to develop the concepts and understand them and I still feel like that's happening it's not stopped mm -hmm. so I try not to look uh, askance at people who are maybe earlier in the process but to help them along I wish you could teach me how to do that I'm not very good at it well <laughs> let me give you a book <laughs> <laughs> what's the name of that book <laughs> well let's see there's there's one called healing our world which just won the freedom book club award oh, thank uh, you i was going I, I was going to mention that freedom book club they voted actually here at this event isn't that right um i'm not sure exactly when i think they knew a few days before the event and they kept it a big oh, okay. secret from me and then when i was getting ready to be introduced they sprung it on me and i wow. was <laughs> i'm i'm so i'm so honored um so that's it's a great book. Uh, it's it's one that we recommend on the show on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I think that it bring has, you know, it, it's capable of bringing a lot of people to, to liberty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it does a great job of explaining. It's, I think especially to a liberal, someone who's coming from a liberal perspective, somebody who uh, pur purports to be interested in taking care of the downtrodden. You do such a great job of showing from real life experiences, not only your own experiences uh, in dealing with uh, with uh, low income housing, but also just a, a, just citation after citation of how it is that the government hurts the very people that it intends to help. And anybody who's reading that with a somewhat open mind would have to just have their mind cracked wide open by the end of the book and totally come to understand the idea of allowing others to be free so in turn that you yourself can be free. And, and if anybody has done uh, the, the best job of it, it has certainly been you and you deserve the award. And, and so congratulations to you, Mary. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I have to say that in a way the book wrote itself. I mean, yes, I was the vehicle, but I don't know how to say this other than it was just the biggest inspiration of my life, and I, I feel honored to have, have been the instrument of that. And, and when I get an award like this, I, I recognize it's the ideas and, and the understanding that I've, I've been able to bring to it, uh, not because there's 
necessarily anything special about me, but because I've had experiences that we all have eventually. And I know that your ideas and your ability to communicate have inspired many others how do we, uh, I mean, Dr. Mary Ruart with us here tonight on Free Talk Live. I, were you inspired by her? Thank you, Mary, so much for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of the Liberty Forum this weekend. We'll see you tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition.